Yes, sir, we got all the latest things. Gas lamps, a telephone, and the latest design in cast iron stoves. Oh, boy, the studio backstage tour. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, direct from a record-breaking two million years at the bottom of the evolutionary ladder, let's hear it for the Tumble Monkey. Happy New Year and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 540. And I'm here once again, not only to help you have the best vacation experience when you go to the Disney parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of that Disney magic wherever you are, not just with the podcast, but with my live video broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday night, books, blog, audio tours, special events, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So they say that time flies when you're having fun, and it must be true, because I can't believe that 2018 has come and gone. But along the way, we were making memories and had fun, and a lot of it. In Walt Disney World, Disneyland, the International Disney Parks, at sea on the Disney Cruise Line, and in the movies as well. And so this week, we're going to gather around the table and eat and reflect back on the 2018 Disney year that was as we look at what was new, what was announced, what we lost, what we did, what we loved, and what and who we lost along the way. Of course, I'm going to ask you to share your memories of 2018 as well. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show. I'll have more information about upcoming WDW Radio events, our next meet of the month over Marathon Weekend, your comments, voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Ah, 2018. As a wise man or bear once said, we didn't realize we were making memories. We just knew we were having fun. It comes from one of my favorite Disney characters, not just because I love the story and because he's soft and cuddly, but because we shop at the same short and fluffy stores, Winnie the Pooh. And I think that's very true, not just for the past year, um, but for me in this Disney world for the past almost 15 years. Wow, since my first book was published. And time really does fly when you are having fun. And oh, the fun we had in 2018. Um, I always say that it is a good time to be a Disney fan. And 2018 was certainly no exception in the world, in the land, on sea, in the skies, and most importantly, together. And uh, I personally... I unlocked level 50 this year, and as time passes, thank you, Becky Mankin, for the shirt. <laughs> as time passes, I start looking back as much as I keep my eyes focused on what is ahead, not just in my life, but in this Disney world. 
Because there has, of course, once again been additions and changes and announcements and surprises and new menu items. Yay! Um, And of course, with change often comes some loss. Insert sad emoji. So this week, we're going to gather around the table once again and reflect back on all that's happened over the course of the past year in and around Disney. And of course, I cannot, will not, and really should not do this on my own. So I invited some friends and members of the nation and a bit of royalty to join as we reflect back on 2018. And of course, my dad raised me right, I believe, in Ladies First. So I want to welcome, of course... Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Van Travel. Not just my partner, but my friend. Aww. Again, you started out so nice, but that was a 50-50 shot on which direction you were going to go there. This is a new and improved Lou. It's a, I'm turning a, a page for 2019. Oh my gosh, you're saying like from right now all through 2019, you're going to be a whole new you? You be careful what you wish for. Also, <laughs> back on the show, and I think you were here for last year's 2017, wow, it seems like yesterday, 2017 recap show, Lisa Denoto-Glasner from thecastlerun.com. Hey guys, it's good to be back again. And I should look, I should look at the 2018 Look Ahead show. I should have done that. That, would have, that actually would have been a good idea. We all would have done that. And around the table once again, this time not with really food in front of us. Well, a little bit. We had a little nosh this morning and a coffee. It's nice. We're sitting outside at the boardwalk is my friend John Sakari. He is, of course, the Big Fat Panda. Dot com. Uh, yeah, there is a little bit of food. And I, I come because of the promise of food. No, I actually love being here. Thank you very much. And we timed it just right. So we get a little breakfast nosh, maybe a little lunch nosh. Becky will have a cocktail. Everybody will be happy. Oh, there's a cocktail involved? There could be. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> there could be. So Even what better. I want to do... As we look back on 2018, it is try not to go chronologically, but I think I want to sort of break it down by different topic areas. But as we did last year, I want to start off with a very quick little lightning round. Because as you look back to 2018, I want you to think of what your most vivid memory, what's that first thing that comes to mind in sort of this Disney world and universe. John, you look most confused, so I'm going to go to you first. No, it's got to be the creation of Toy Story Land. Watching it come up and, you know, looking forward to Star Wars, Galaxy's Edge, that, that's the big thing for me, I think. So I ran my first Dopey in 2018, so that's my personal first. But for me, this was the year of the After Hours event. We'll talk about that more, but that's just over and over again the thing that jumps out at me as being the special thing about this year. And I gave you the most time to think. Oh, it was actually pretty easy. It popped in my head pretty quickly. Um, Walt's office. I think being able to visit Walt's office uh, when we were on the Backstage Magic, which I'm sure we'll talk about as well, that is definitely a standout for the year. Yeah, that is new, right? Because when I did that, we didn't visit the office. We saw it, but you didn't go in it. Because you didn't go with us. Uh. <laughs> See that? Membership has its benefits yes, it when does. we travel. Where do we start announcing some of the stuff that we've been talking about, too? I don't know what those things are, but... Um, I yeah, and I think as, we, when, as we're when we done going through this, we'll talk about and sort of keep in your mind some of the biggest additions and biggest losses and favorite uh, of a couple of different topic areas. But I want to sort of, you know, do a, a 30,000-foot Walt Disney World view first, and then we'll sort of drill our way down. Um, I think on a grand scale... Again, not working chronologically, but th- but it did, it did all start with a mouse. This was Mickey Mouse's 90th uh, birthday, anniversary, whatever you want to call it. And I love the fact that it wasn't just celebrated in places like D23, but really celebrated in the parks. 
merchandise, shocker. There was a TV spectacular. There was the New York exhibit, Mickey, the true original exhibition, which ran in a, a pretty, it was like a 16,000, 16, 17,000 foot space in Manhattan with a lot of contemporary art creations. Um, Mickey's 90th, was that something that was ever on your radar? Was it something that you, did you, you're a merch person? As I looked down at your, as your brand new bag, um, it was was the merch or any of the events that they had here something that was ever on your radar? I mean, I just like seeing it celebrated. I like seeing all the old school Mickey pins and all that good stuff. I'm not one to like tackle that kind of merch, but um, but no, I mean, I think you know, 90 is a big one. I think 100 will be you know a whole lot bigger. That's what I think about the 100. But you really couldn't escape it if you were at the parks or at Destination D. You knew it was his 90th birthday. Yeah. And they did some things at the parks, too, and, and um, like Good Morning America was here, and they had some merch and parades and his new outfits, and again, a, a lot, a lot of new merchandise to go along with it. Yeah, and also the one that stood out to me was the gift card. Did you see the Mickey's <laughs> oh God, gift card? The Swarovski's <laughs> crystals. Yes. That you know, Obviously, you can't run it through a scanner. It has a special code on the back that they have to put in to use your gift card, but it was kind of impressive, I have to say. How many do you have? None. I did not buy any of them. Would Christmas gifts still? I will say, if you're looking for a gift for Becky for the new year, it's um, it's there. So, again, I, I think something I wanted to mention, because I don't think it gets a lot of, of uh, PR publicity, because it's not, you know, super sexy. But, you know, Disney has continued for, for really decades, since the very beginning, has very much had an eye, an eye on environmentality um, and so they are really doing a lot to continue to go green so they they're continuing on a, a push to help all the parks worldwide focus on some clean energy solutions we're here in Walt Disney World they built a new massive or continue being built a massive solar energy farm which is going to create enough clean energy power to for, to power two of the theme parks and 25% of Walt... Don't look at me so surprised John Sakari it's true I'm reading it right here 25% <laughs> of Walt Disney World needs Overall, um, they've also started eliminating plastics. We actually see that this morning, eliminating plastics throughout the resort, including straws, lids, and plastic shopping bags, hoping to eliminate them completely by 2019. And as, Becky, we've seen in the overseas park, World of Disney has already started offering reusable Mickey bags for shoppers. You pay 10, 15, 25 cents, whatever it is. Um, Even the international parks now are not only doing that in terms of, of the plastics and the recyclables, but Disneyland Paris is getting a solar energy plant, which is going to power 15% of the resort there. So when you start to go by Epcot and you see those solar energy farms, even some of the areas um, a little bit farther backstage on property, you can see a lot of those things being, being built. And when you see the numbers, like 25%, like that's a lot. Like That's a significant you know, improvement in terms of, of energy. Um, change is good. Says Rafiki from The Lion King. Sometimes change, you know, is is tough. Obviously, the the price changes um, continue as they do every year in Walt Disney World. Um, a couple times this year in, in 2018, they also launched a new date based ticketing system. So in October, they launched a new website which showed ticket prices based on when guests arrive. Meaning that some days are going to be more or less expensive than others. Um, obviously, I think as Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opens, I think the date-based ticket pricing is going to become um, much more impactful. But what I think it does too, and from a travel planning perspective, is it allows guests to sort of, especially if they're budget conscious, to look at the dates and plan accordingly, you know, 
based on what, what their budget is. Yeah, there definitely is some opportunities to save money if you're flexible in your dates. So you can look at that calendar. You can look at um, what days you can use in the parks and pick the days in the parks so that you're not running into that one-size-fits-all price for a ticket. So it has been somewhat controversial, obviously, but um, I think in the long run it's going to be better for those who are a little bit more budget-conscious. Um, something else in terms of price changes is, uh, again, much to um, the, the dismay of the social media world. Um, in March, Disney announced that overnight hotel guests were going to start paying for parking as well. Um, I think unless you're a UK visitor, I think you don't you didn't have to um, to pay. But this was one that, that was very interesting because there was a lot of controversy about it, even though this is the norm in resorts throughout the world. And I think what it's also trying to do, especially with the introduction of more buses, new bus routes, the minivan system, which a lot of us have used and really, really enjoyed, is try and, and quash some of the, the parking crowding that we find. And look, we as locals, we very much see that how difficult it is to go to a resort and park because you want to even eat there sometimes without a reservation. So I, I, I get why... It was done. Any thoughts in terms of? I'm, I was always happy that Disney was the one place where you didn't get those fees and charges. So I am, you know, disappointed. I think I saw it coming. I think we all saw it coming. So and yeah, it does. Like if you go to like Gaylord Palms or something, you're already getting it everywhere else. Yeah. So I get it. Right. It's just it's it's, like it's, it. it's the norm. Yeah. It's just a, a again. It's to the norm of the the service standard that happens in most hotels around the world. And if you go to New York, you know you're going to pay seventy five dollars just to park your car with a valet. But from a local perspective, yeah, I can see it. Um, but they are rolling out so many new ways of getting around. And, of course, Skyliner is coming, too, from some of these resorts. Uh, like you said, the minivan services, the buses are, are – um, there's more of those coming along. So from a traveler perspective, unless you really have to have a rental car, which you really don't need to anyway, this doesn't impact you at all. Yeah. And when we, when we start looking forward to 2019 and the buckets that we obviously see coming, we're going to see how that's going to change, too. Um, the something bucket. <laughs> The buckets, the Skyway buckets, yeah. Something else that I think did not get a lot of attention – but I think that it should because when we talk about pricing and people get upset is obviously um, times change and inflation change and prices go up um, is, is what Walt Disney World um, did for their cast members. Back in January, they announced that the cast members were, uh, were going to receive a thousand dollar cash bonus and the company launched a 50 million dollar higher education program, which to sort of summarize, if you as a as a full or part-time non-executive cast member want to go to school, um, Disney is not only going to give you that cash bonus, but they're also going to uh, utilize the program to pursue higher educational or vocational training, including things that are unrelated to what they do here. So if you're, um, if you want to go back and get your degree in something that you're not doing here, Disney's providing up to, I think, I think they're initially investing $50 million with an additional $25 million, so a total allocation of 175, I mean, that's not a small amount. It's $175 million, and I've spoken to a lot of cast members that couldn't afford to go back to school otherwise. So when we sometimes when we think about, you know, the cast members where the price increases, we sort of, we should take note of some of the things that are being done to, to help them as well. Well, like we've always said, Disney, it couldn't really be Disney without its cast. 
And it's smart on their part to retain those people and to educate them and help them move on into the company. Or if they want to move outside of the company, I like that they've given that flexibility. But what an amazing thing for them to do for the cast to hopefully retain them and just keep them moving forward within the company and keep them around. Yeah, and even though, like you said, it's it may be unrelated to what Disney does here, education is education. Still, by bettering their cast, they're bettering the guest experience by educating the people. Yeah, it's great. So I'll just quickly go through a couple of the things. Raise your hand, yell out, stop me if you would like to interject something. Uh, we mentioned quickly the Skyliner as we were driving in today. You see that not only are the towers up and the stations erected, but the cable okay. is being drawn. And you see some of the test weight buckets are being sort of moved across. I think as we start to look at our 2019 Looking Ahead show, we'll talk more about the Skyliner, the impact um, is it more? Is Don't it? Don't say Skyliner and Impact in the same. No, you know what I mean. I mean Impact, the, the guest experience Impact. Um, you know, for us as locals, is going to be a is it going to be a conveyance or is it going to be an attraction? Like I want to just ride it for the sake of riding it. Um, something I got to try earlier in the year. Um, foot golf is now available at Disney's Oak Trail Golf Course. Still don't get foot. Which golf. combines what is foot? So basically, Disney said, "How can we find the?" Two of the many sports that Lou Mangello really stinks at, and we'll combine them into one. So it's golf and soccer. So you actually go on the Oak Trail Golf Course, and you you play golf with a soccer ball. I like this. Right. I want to do this. Right. It sounds fun until you get out there and realize how bad you really are. At. You know what? Why don't we do like a little foot golf like meetup so event thing? Fun. Kicking a ball is my, is my thing. Is that, oh, is that your thing? I can kick really? The ball. I'm fascinated and frightened all at the same time. The only sport I was, I was good at. Um, well, no. I'm not good. <laughs> the, um, so, with something else, I, I haven't, fortunately, not going to try it yet. But there's a new lost and found service that Disney moved online, and it's powered by a company called Chargeback, which provides services for airlines and, and other venues. So back in May, instead of having to actually go to the lost and found center, you report a lost item on the, the Disney website. That directs you back to Chargeback where you complete a form, and then you get an, uh, an email back with your lost item claim number, and then Disney will continue to update you as they search for your item over 40 hours. If you're going to lose something anywhere, lose it here. I've had friends lose yes. cameras, phones, children, parents, but 99% of the time it always comes back. Wallets full, cameras in perfect condition. I have to second that. Everybody I know that has lost something at Walt Disney World, from phones to wallets with money, have received it in the exact condition they lost it, which I say only in Disney World. Yeah, it's actually incredible. Like when you talk to them at Lost and Found about the numbers of things that get turned in each day, like hundreds of phones, thousands of pairs of sunglasses, like Versace sunglasses. I mean, you could I mean, you could open a store, I'm sure, with to say the least, with what's turned in each year. But yeah, I lost a pair of sunglasses and they came back to me a couple of days later. I mean, it's it's pretty cool and that's this new online system is fantastic because schlepping to that Lost and Found building is yeah. is a, is difficult, especially if you're traveling. You know, and have already, you know, don't want to take the time out of your day to to spend time at Lost and Found. So that's a great idea. And speaking of online and some of the things, Disney this summer launched a a brand new Play Disney Parks app, um, which allows you to not only play games and do things online, which was sort of the impetus for my original trivia book, but now you can not only um, have access to theme park music, but very recently... Your in-game achievements give you the opportunities of purchasing a special pin that you can only get for pin collectors. 
um, that you can only get if you complete some of the things. Have you guys played the Disney the Play Disney Parks app at all? We, we've done the interactive stuff, and it's cute. It's like the old Phineas and Ferb. So you've on your phone, like we did, in, for example, in the Japan Pavilion, it kind of sends you around to explore different areas and answer different questions. But then you can also make things happen. Like there's a wind chime outside of Mitsukoshi that you can actually press, and it'll ring for you. Um, the water will come up at the koi pond, and um, one of the lanterns will you know make noise. So it's it's really cool for the kids to like be able to touch something on your phone, and the wind chime over your head starts to ring, that kind of thing. So I, I like. That. Without having to pick up the flip phone from Lisa is re-interesting me in the app. I played it when it first came out, and it you know felt like it was for a younger audience. But now that you're telling me things like that, can you can yeah. do that? That sounds good. I have to recheck it out. Yeah. And they keep changing it, so I'm looking forward to what they can make it into. Yeah, the, the day one launch versus now is markedly different in terms of of the number of things you can do and some of the additional. And I think that's obviously where we're going when. When Magic Bands were first introduced, I mean, this was, and I still very much believe, the very, very small tip of the personalization and interactive iceberg. I think the the Play Disney Parks app, as well as some of the improvements and changes that have come and and I believe are coming to the the My Disney Experience app, are very much going to change the dynamic of the experience. Maybe we'll talk more about that on the 2019 show. Becky doesn't play Disney parks. She doesn't like those things. I'm gonna I'm gonna speak right to your wheelhouse. Okay. Because Club 33 came to Walt Disney World in Epcot, yes. Disney's Hollywood Studios, yes, and Adventureland and Magic Kingdom. Yes, it did in in a whole new format too. Which I, do you see? Do you see how Becky's face changed, changed. from when she walked here this morning? <laughs> well, like, <laughs> a of can, light. hold on. I can get a cocktail now in any of the parks. <laughs> you know, you could any. You could do that not before too. Not, yeah, if not you to, if you went to PR guest, you could. But that's not a cocktail. No. That was beer and wine. So come on, get with it. I can now have a cocktail in. without having to sneak your flask in over to Aloha Isle and make. God, right. Thanks for that flax, but by the way, that was a really cool gift of. Uh, I think it was my birthday gift that you gave me. But yes, um, they did roll out the Club Thirty Three memberships here, and it's um, it's been wildly popular. And I love what they've kind of done. They've made little lounges in three of the four parks. The one in Animal Kingdom is still coming. But um, it's a nice little extra perk to have available to you with some great menu items, which you have actually tried a couple of them. So don't be giving me that look. <laughs> I didn't say anything. You, I, you are the one who could best speak to it. Um, so, yes, it's, it's, um, they're very, very well-themed. And as much as I miss the catwalk bar and some of the things, I'm curious to see what not only the Adventureland one looks like, but the one that's coming to Pandora. Um, let's, let's sort of start drilling down, and maybe Adventureland is a good way to segue over to Magic Kingdom. And I think one of the, um, one of the biggest conversation, and, and it's a small change for a lot of guests, but for those of us who are longtime Disney fans, when Pirates of the Caribbean reopened here in March or in April in Disneyland, the We Want the Redhead auction scene changed amidst, I won't call it controversy, discussion. Um, and there were sort of, you know, almost two sides to the, the, the conversation. The auction scene uh, where you would take a wench for a bride has been changed out. Um, and now instead of the redheaded bride, we have a redheaded pirate. Um, although the one thing I didn't, want to mention too about pirates i just thought of it was for halloween and it might have just been during the pol- the party gunpowder pete they had the character like outside in the queue 
Be- Becky, Pirates of the Caribbean is no. an attraction. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that there was a change. I didn't mean that. Jeez. So, uh, thoughts on the change of, is, of We Want the Redhead, <laughs> changing the, the um, Buy a Bride to the strong female pirate. Yes. I mean, I'm cool with it, to say the least. I think the new scene is awesome. Like, if you're going to change something, why not change the sale of women? At least we're still waterboarding Carlos, you know. <laughs> so we can still laugh at that. <laughs> There's a new shirt coming to the, to the WWE store. Sa- hashtag save Carlos. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I dig it. Like, there was a lot of conversation around it. But, you know, there's bigger things in the world to worry about than whether or not, you know, we're still selling women on Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> so, Do you remember where we first saw the story of the redhead? You're like looking at me with this blank look like, I have no idea. It In Shanghai, remember? Oh, okay. She was all over the place, and she the, was definitely part of the story at the Pirates there. So it was. it's neat to kind of see that storyline come to a different location. And yeah, I kind of like the, the kick-butt woman um, scenario in Pirates. Long overdue. I, I love the scene. I didn't think it needed to be changed, but when they changed it, I loved it. Um, yeah, I just like I love it. I think it's great. I mean, considering that there's a man hanging in the haunted mansion, I don't know that you can solve everything that people deem inappropriate. But I love the scene. I think it's great. And, and I think that was my only concern was that if you start to go through every single attraction, every scene, every painting, then you know how far does that change go? Are, are, are the hyenas bullying people in small rides? Right. I mean, and, and I'm not saying it to, to make light right. or fun of, of anything, but, you know, it does come to that. How many people need to complain before something else gets changed? Um, you know, are you setting potentially a, a bad precedent for, you know, look, it's piracy. I mean, it's a riot about piracy. There was nothing, you know, <laughs> yeah. fun and magical and the glamorous. Song, <laughs> the song tells you what they're doing. Right. I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Do you start changing lyrics do you start changing uh, some of the interviews do you start removing attractions and i hope not i hope not. look i have no I, i'm not a woman at least i don't think i am <laughs> i am not so i didn't have an issue with it before i certainly can see the the point now um in, in terms of uh, why it's being changed I, I it didn't impact me honestly one way or the other again just for that the discussion of of um, how how deep does this start to go, and is this the the beginning of of a of a larger snowball starting to to roll downhill? Um, staying in Magic Kingdom, and I know I'm looking forward to 2019, and I really don't care because as we approach Magic Kingdom, you can't help but notice the Tron coaster. Speaking of Shanghai, that um, the ground preparation is well underway. Some changes that are going to be coming to the Tomorrowland Speedway. Obviously, the railroad is being closed. Of all, I mean. Somewhat spoiler alert, I am ridiculously excited about Tron coming. And what I think, too, and I know I'm, I'm really good, I think the Tron coaster is going to usher in a sweeping change to Tomorrowland as a whole. And if you've already noticed, they've changed some of the signage in Tomorrowland, too. So if you look at um, some of the signage over by... Um, Stitch's Great Escape. It has that very 70s retro spire look. They've changed the color of some of the rocks. Everything is, I think, that Imagining does is very deliberate. And I think those are some of the small indicators to what might be coming to Tomorrowland um, in the future. Um, 
There was also the Incredibles Tomorrowland Expo to celebrate the release of Incredibles 2. That was a lot of fun. When they so had, tell me, so what was it about that was Okay, the characters who were cosplaying their favorite... Uh, alter- the other heroes that were in it I didn't know they were in the movie I don't think a lot of us did if you didn't see the movie and then when you saw the movie the connection was made of uh, who's the guy that burps uh, the indigestion guy what's his name what's his- indigestion man oh, what's his name you know his name Re- regurgitation guy uh, acid reflux reflux <laughs> I was, it was great. I thought those characters were so awesome. I'm making a shirt that says Regurgitation Man for you. There's your Halloween costume there for next go. year. You would as Regurgitation. Um, Space Mountain received a new exit tunnel. So the way, after a very, very long refurbishment, Space Mountain has a new way that you exit. I sort of miss, I mean, I grew up with those screens and, and the, uh, the exit tunnel. Um, we can't... We would be remiss if we didn't mention, um, and I keep thinking of the Bruce Springsteen song, Oh, 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 I'm on fire. The Maleficent dragon caught fire back in May. I heard she did return. I believe she... Oh, she was supposed to return... She was supposed to, but she hasn't yeah, as she yet. She hasn't oh. passed her fire safety test yet, okay. but she is supposedly coming back in all of her fiery fire. glory. Really? I mean, they're testing the fire, so... They do not learn, do they? No, but I'm, I'm glad that... I'm glad she's coming years. back. Um, but somebody who's not coming back, and I'm really not sad about him, I'm very happy for him, was Magic Kingdom Vice President Dan Cockrell retired in May. Um, Jason Cook, Jason Kirk took over his role. Um, I love Dan Cockrell. I love his father. He was our keynote speaker at Momentum this year, and like his dad the previous year, could have spoken all day long. Um, I think Dan was a good guy. He was a phenomenal cast member. So in that regard, I am uh, I'm sad to see. I think that's the last of the Cockrells that are here um, at Disney. Anything else at Magic Kingdom? I'm sorry, at Magic Kingdom that I missed? It was technically very late December 2017, but the reopening of Hall of Presidents, um, whatever you think about the addition, I think that the new script is beautiful. And I, again, like, I, I just think it was beautifully done. Um, I, I love the new script. Um, I, I, I will agree. I, no matter what your political affiliation, it was done well. Maybe the animatronic itself may not have been, but the script, the story, the message, well. Wait, didn't Muppet start this year? Didn't the Muppet was it? Or was it 2017? Yeah, it was 2017. Was 2017? I don't get to the parks very often. Um, anything else in Magic Kingdom? I'm thinking. After I'm thinking hour. I mean, we could touch on the after. Yeah, hours, we'll, I, we'll talk about that when we get yeah. to events because, like you, I, I really enjoyed the after hour so events. Um, over in Epcot, uh, we'll start from the beginning of the park, work our way in. Siemens was um, is no longer sponsor of Spaceship Earth. That um, that twelve year alliance came to a close, and I think um, with that, as we look forward, that might usher in some uh, additional changes. Uh, as you walk in, you might, you may or may not see that incredibly large building off to your left. It's being constructed for Guardians of the Galaxy, and again, we'll we'll talk about it as we look forward, but but. OMG, that's a big... That is a huge show building. I'm wondering if it's on par with Pirates in Shanghai, because I've never seen a show building that large before. I was going to say... It used to be the biggest indoor coaster in, what, the country or world? I mean, it's... it's, it's, In the universe, say the galaxy. In the galaxy, see? In the galaxy. galaxy. But I I don't know if you've seen, I took a picture of it a couple days ago, because they're finally enclosing it. And the color that they've made it Sky just blue. gorgeous. I mean, it's, it goes away, especially yes, uh, behind the 
um, when you're watch- looking from World Showcase, sort of past the test track building, it just disappears. Okay, it's incredible. Now, what, what Lisa's saying shocked me because you, yeah, sometimes you look over there now, and on certain times of the day, the color absolutely matches the sky. Well, that's like the Soren building, the same yeah. thing. Like yeah. depending on where you are in the time of day, it becomes invisible, right. and it's it's remarkable um, how they do that. So. Yeah, and, and, and the fact that it's going to be one of the world's largest indoor roller coasters. I mean, because remember, it's not just that building, but they still have the universe of energy, yeah. Yeah. Q and which is also it's a huge footprint as well. Uh, Ratatouille finally got its name. It's going to be called Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. Lisa's doing a very quiet golf clap. You are excited? I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm, I've been loving watching it go up, and yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for it. I, and I like the fact, just as a quick aside, that if, if you've ever been to any of the Destination D events, that they save things like that. Like Bob Chapek came out and gave the announcement of that and, and many other things, including some of the Star Wars concept art at Destination D, which I think is one of the benefits of going to those events. You've ridden Remy's Ratatouille Adventure? I have not, actually. Sorry. What do you do when you go to the other part? I mean, other, other than, obviously, other than no. sample the cocktails. The, the last time I was actually in, in Paris, it was down the last time, and the time before that, it wasn't open yet. It was just being built, so I had bad timing on the last So you're saying that we have to go to France, is what you're saying. You know what? I've been talking to you about that for quite some time now, haven't I? Interesting. <laughs> John, you should come. We have so much fun. We eat so much. Um... You think that's getting? I love the way the food is the way to get me. Okay, when are we going? Right. <laughs> Announcement's coming. Oh, wait, so wait. Speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, yes. Guardians of the Galaxy, Wicka Wicka Wah, Awesome Mix Live, debuted. Yeah, it was, that, was, that was me. That was DJ. Um, debuted in June. It was Star-Lord and Gamora and a seven-piece band. I had, I dug it, man. Like, it was campy and funny and... It was so campy, but like it that's why it was because it was Star Wars Christmas. Because I, a little too soon for me to be seeing Gamora on the stage after Avengers, but you know. I'm but not. I think it had to be campy. If it tried to take itself too seriously, it wouldn't have. It wouldn't have worked. It was the most fun I've had at that venue. It really was, and I know some people thought it was like sacrilegious to Epcot. I loved it. Sacrilegious. Have you seen the Barbie stage show back in the early eighties? Oh. Don't tell that. Yeah. Oh, that's do you, do you ever listen to this show? <laughs> Good. Gandhi. Yeah. There was a giant Barbie? pink there was a giant pink lem- lemonade. A giant pink limousine that a stretch limo that pulled up in front of the American Garden Theater before it had the canopy. And it was the magical world of Barbie stage. No. Yeah, no, no, I'm not lying. Yeah. Google that action. Tell me no, yeah, it's, it's the stuff of nightmares. But <laughs> but I think you're right. Like because it didn't take itself seriously. They played, like, fun, singable, danceable, recognizable songs. I think it was a neat, albeit temporary, addition. But wait, before you start getting all excited, you get your tissues out. Because you also learned, as we've been predicting for a while. Don't look at me so surprised. You know Illuminations is going away, right? Okay. I love Illuminations. But its time has come. That globe in the center yeah. needs to... It's done. That's, that's usually, they've stopped fixing that globe, so it's it's time. I mean, I love Illuminations with all my heart, but I'm super excited for the interim show that's coming with all the old attractions. It's okay, going to be amazing. What, what, scare, what scares me about an interim show is kind of like what happened with the Rivers of Light. There was the interim show. I know this isn't the same thing, but I just hope they... People may fall in love with the interim show. And then not like the big, huge one later. That's okay. It's like the nighttime parades. They will always have the ability to come back if they want to. But I'm with you. Uh, This has been 20 years of Illuminations. I love me some Illuminations. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's one of my favorite events to pull off. And 
but I'm ready. I'm ready for a new show with new technology and take advantage of the new pyro technology as well. I'm hoping that we'll see in there. So. And from what we saw, and I keep referencing this, what we saw in Tokyo Disney Sea, yeah. if that's any indicator oh. of what's coming here, yeah. like yeah. strap in because it is going to be amazing. <laughs> I, I think what most people might miss is the music from Illuminations more than what show we're getting now. You think that might be the case? Well, there was the same thing that they had, remember, uh, when they did the parade through the Tapestry of Nations. Oh, that was the best. People still miss that that music, but they do pipe it in. So, yeah, you hear that before the show. So I have a feeling that we won't ever lose that music. It'll always be there in some way, shape, or form because it is so beloved. But it's time to take advantage of technology that's now 20 years later. Absolutely. As much as we love and have a nostalgic um, affection towards these things, it, when it's time to change, you've got to rearrange <laughs> who you are and what you want to be. However, the one thing I do want them to never do away with is figure out a new Christmas tag. That oh, is the yes. thing that makes Illuminations, especially this time of year. So hopefully they'll have some sort of special holiday addition to it. If you're listening, please have one. <laughs> they have to. Of course they will. And I mean, I think it's... I love Illuminations as much as anybody. It is the music. I think Disney has shown that they're very smart about these things. They tease the music and the new shows. Um, you know, like you still have holiday wishes where you get the, you know, the wishes music. I'm sure that they'll, I mean, I can't imagine life without Tapestry of Nations. I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll work all the music in. And, and, and that, but there's no space like that, that 360 degree lagoon yeah. in all of Disney World other than, other than that. So I think it's, it's high time they made use of it. Yeah, which is just, and, and they do it remarkably well in Disney Sea, um, oh. both during the day and at night. And at night. I'm not saying to bring back surprise in the skies or anything like that, or the dragon boats or the kites or the, but, but I think that they could do something um, potentially during the day and at yeah, night too. Exactly. Um, something else that came to Epcot this year, and I think unfortunately it's overlooked because uh, when you go to American Adventure, you go to the show, you see Voices of Liberty, and you go in. But the Creating Tradition, Innovation, and Change and American Indian Art is a new five-year exhibit that opened there. I also want to reference you back to show number 537 where we talked about uh, Native American culture, not just in the Disney parks, but in Disney films. And let's quickly go through not one, not two, not three, but all four of the events. Because uh, Epcot is now sort of the year-long event cavalcade spectacular festival of the arts, flower and garden, wine and dine, and festival of the holidays. You clearly I, have something important to say. No, I, I'm just wondering. <laughs> I think somebody decided, you know what, it's too much trouble to break down these kiosks, so let's figure out a way to utilize them instead of having to break them down and store them and put them back up. Obviously, Epcot is known for its food and wine, mm. regardless the the food and wine oh, festival. Yeah, keep saying food and wine again. Remember, they found a way to utilize the, the, the kiosk, the space, um, to obviously get us more enticed with other dishes and other food offerings, um, whether it be throughout the holidays where you get special cookies to, um, you know, the, the springtime when they've got uh, the flower and garden show as well. So... I welcome it. I think it's wonderful to have different opportunities to try different flavors throughout the seasons. Um, I just can now see that there's not going to be a slow time in Epcot. No. <laughs> well, look, there's not a, I mean, there's not a slow time here anywhere. Exactly. We, we keep talking about 10, 15 years ago, this first week in December used to be a ghost town, and now it's just not that way anymore. Any thoughts either about your favorite of the festivals, the festivals as a whole, new edition, La Haim, we finally got Kanish. Um, you know, I don't know if this isn't festival related, but the pizza window at Vianopoli has changed, and it is now the same 
people uh, patina, and it is amazing. You we can had that way. We did that yeah. one night. I don't know what we were there so for. But. If you've ever been to the pizza window at Vianopoli and did not like it, go back. It is incredible. Sorry, that was I my. Tried food. That yet. It's amazing. Not like this. So I, I, you know, you talk about there not being a slow time at Epcot, but like. Being used to now all of the, the chain of festivals at Epcot, like how sad is Epcot over the summer? I mean, we're so spoiled now by this, you know, rapid like succession between now mid-August and the end of May of festivals that like walking into Epcot from June through mid-August, it just, it's like, where are my kiosks? Where are all the things to do? And I love not just the food. I mean, the food obviously is fantastic, but all the shows that they've been doing, the Broadway series that they did during Festival of the Arts was fantastic. And some of the best best stuff I've ever seen on stage at American Gardens Theater. And I think sometimes, you know, we we know about the the big name acts that come for Flower and Garden and and, um, Food and Wine, but people, you know, you forget about the the amount and quality of free additional entertainment that you get mm-hmm. at Epcot in terms of, I, I love live performances in the parks. For, I'm going to do top 10 eventually live performers in the parks because whether they are Streetmosphere or the, the Boardwalk Juggler or whoever that you like, there's so much great entertainment. I think obviously and Epcot and the festivals is a, offers um, a great opportunity and certainly a great venue for it. I mean, look, Candlelight Processional, I, and no matter how many times I see it, I, I, I weep like a I, well, I weep like me. But you don't need to sit in the front row. You can literally just yes. walk in the back of the promenade and watch and listen. And if that choir doesn't sort of get you right here, I'm pointing to my heart or, or my small appendix, um, it, it's, um, it, it does. It's, it's, a, it's a really moving moment that I hope they don't move to Pittsburgh. No, I agree. The Candlelight Processional is amazing. And you don't need to sit, like you said, yeah. in the front. I've gotten a great experience in the back. Favorite narrator? NPH, yeah. yeah, Neil Patrick Harris just does it for me every year. I and it's such an easy go-to, but he loves what he does. Yeah, and you can tell he really gets into it. And and just I think we were watching as we did it together this year, and how there was some music that he was kind of bopping to, and he would do a little um, facial expression every time, so it keeps you entertained um, listening to the beautiful music. But there's also a little element of comedy there too, which uh, I love watching him. I know what your answer is going to be, so don't even bother. I just thought of this, this really stupid question. If you could have one Marvel actor narrate the <laughs> Candlelight Processional, who would it be? Iron Man. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Pratt. No, shocking. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? Chris Hemsworth did narrate it in Disneyland uh, last year, I do believe, and... You and I were doing something, yeah. so I didn't get to go. So, yeah, that's and I heard about that for a long, long, long time <laughs> that we didn't get oh, to do it. Favorite narrator? You have to. Did you ever catch Isabella Rossellini? No. Her accent was She's great fantastic. for candlelight. She <laughs> was She's fantastic. Although I have to say, because and I when I broadcast, I, I try and focus. The, the they're all phenomenal, but there's one woman. I wish I knew her name, and forgive me that I don't. The woman that does the signing oh, puts in- on a oh, performance like there's nobody's business. I don't. It's beautiful. She is truly a performer, an artist, and In her own right. it's it's a gift what she gives. Whether you can get, yeah, it's she's awesome. Yep. So to whoever you are, or if you know her, please thank her for us. Um, let's move over to Disney's Hollywood Studios. Nothing really new happened over there this year. <laughs> oh, other than Toy Story Land, um, which opened on June thirtieth. Uh, again, this for me was a bit of a surprise. Um, you know, I, I like Toy Story. It's not my favorite thing in the world. And when I saw the concept art, I'm like, oh, it's going to be a coaster-like barnstormer. It's going to be a little... I was 
incredibly surprised at how much I loved Slinky Dog Dash. Um, it is it's it is a true fun family coaster. And I don't mean family coaster like oh your two year old's not gonna she's gonna love it. Like it is exciting for the adults as much as it is for the kids. It's a wonderful coaster. I could stay on it all day. It has, yeah, it's thrilling, but not too intense. I even love the Andy's lunchbox there. The little, just getting a nice little tomato soup and a grilled cheese. It's it's not Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, but it's something, a nice addition. I love it. It's like giving you a little, like, appetizer before yeah. they give you the, the main course. Well, and I think Twist at uh, Hollywood Studios just needed a kid-oriented area. I mean, I as somebody who goes to the parks, you know, very regularly with my small children, like, we now have a destination in Hollywood Studios. You know, my right. five-year-old is still a little nervous to go on Tower of Terror. It's going to be 10 years before he's tall enough for Rock and Roller Coaster. Um, so to, you know, to have a fun area that's that's kid-focused. Like, if you went to Toy Story Land wanting it to be Pandora or right. Galaxy's Edge, you were going to be disappointed, but that's not what it was meant to be. Absolutely. And you really could. I mean, I think when the three of us sat down to talk about it, we were surprised by how long we ended up talking about the area because there really is just, there are so many hidden details and surprises um, you know, in that area. And Slinky Dog Dash is fantastic, but you could also just walk around all day and look at the little details. And it's so different in at night than it is during the day, too. Yeah, it, it, Slinky Dog Dash was definitely a surprise uh, because when you look at it, it looks like it's going to be a barnstormer or something that's kind of cute and kitty. But when you get on it, it does have some really exciting, thrilling surprises uh, up its sleeve, which is really kind of fun. But I think that land... Uh, has so many of the details like we talked about before that if you walk through it slowly and pay attention um, it's a lot of fun just taking a look at what you can discover if just looking in the bushes <laughs> there's so many really cute little details that they've done in there also because Andy decorated his backyard with Christmas lights naturally around Christmas time with the little additions they did it was a wonderful place to be at night you know Buzz Lightyear in a Santa hat the cookies it's just a nice I'm sorry everything goes back to food but it is a, it was a really nice for Christmas I thought it was and I dig me some Woody's lunchbox yeah. the little tachos and the oh, grilled cheese Woody's lunchbox and I still haven't had those and I believe that there's cocktails for Becky there, too, aren't there? There are cocktails there. And also, it's one of the only places in the park where you can get a proper breakfast. Like, it's... Well, I'm not a... Not a prepackaged muffin. Not not a prepackaged muffin. Like, I mean, I know, like, being here on vacation, like, going to Magic Kingdom early with your kids, there's... It's kind of hard to find, like, you know, like, a breakfast that isn't just, like, a prepackaged muffin or, you know, something along those lines. But, yeah, yeah. But, um, unless you want to, you know, go to the bakery. But, no, the Woody's Lunchbox has, like, a nice breakfast menu. Oh, worth mentioning when we get into the after hours that Woody's Lunchbox is open. And those tachos are hot and, oh. because it's not so crowded and they're perfect. That, that's a nice night right there. Oh, oh we'll go, okay, we'll get to okay. I'm schwitzing. Um, <laughs> Toy Story Mania also, obviously with the, the changes there, got a little bit of a change to their queue um, as well. Um, actually, Hollywood Studios as a whole sort of changed. I remember being lost for years. I've, I've entered Hollywood Studios through sort of the, the, the back entrance, but there was a new entrance, new parking lot to make way for um, Galaxy's Edge, which, by the way, when you ride Alien, uh, when you ride Slinky Dog, you get a pretty nice view yeah. into that. Um, what we did learn, and I mention it now as opposed to looking ahead, what we did learn this year is it's going to be called the Black Spire Outpost. The attraction buildings, that the rocks are going up. And Millennium Falcon, Smuggler's Run, and Star Wars, Rise of the Resistance. If you think the lines for Toy Story Land were long, which, by the way, if you remember, those lines um, went all the way back 
past um, the Chinese theater, yeah. all the way down to the commissary. I mean, there were four, five, six-hour lines. If in. you're not in line for Galaxy's Edge now, you're probably doing it wrong. Um, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that as we look ahead, but it's... I, the, the crowds and everything is going to be interesting. Um, for the little ones, or little ones at heart, the Disney Junior Dance Party opened with Vampirina and Doc McStuffins and Timon and Mickey Mouse. And... Um, Pizza Rizzo became a, a seasonal restaurant. Um, yeah. It's only been open for a couple years. Uh, I dig that venue, I love and I dig that. I love the upstairs. Love um, what I what I like to call the Italian wedding hall <laughs> because that's pretty much every wedding that I went to as a kid. Um, I have no opinion on the food or anything. At Pizza I'm not listening. No, the meatball here is really good. I was totally it really. It really is. Oh, I've never had a meatball here. There. It's actually pretty good. Now I have to go try it because I sort of dismissed, you know, Pizza Rizzo because traditionally, pizza, no. yeah, the pizza no, right. but Meatball Hero is pretty good. All right, well now I have to go. Caesar salad, they do a nice job for ten dollars. <laughs> and that place is replete with so many cool like details and story elements. You never actually did the scavenger hunt that I made for that for the WWE Nation, did you? Whatever. <laughs> I did, I did the scavenger hunt that you made for the quest where we got to spend oh, yeah. we'll get to that um, anything else from the studios that I missed studio studios uh, they added lasers to the Christmas show that was really oh, yeah, cool right? it looks nice with coming out of uh, Tower of Terror yeah yeah we'll touch on some of the, the special events too um over at um, at Animal Kingdom, it was relatively quiet. Um, there was a new hippo born there, first time in more than a decade. The Caravan Theater got a little bit of an upgrade and a new show, Up, a great bird adventure show. Still an, an exotic bird show, but has Doug and Russell from Up. Anybody see it? We've seen it. It's cute. It's it's cute. I do think it's a it's disappointing from the first show, and they missed the opportunity of not showing Kevin the bird from Up. On the bird show. Otherwise, it is still. It's a, if you have not seen the bird show, go see it. Uh, and I think the only other thing that I remember from uh, Animal Kingdom over in Pandora, there was a new walk around character that the amp, the amplified mobility platform, the big dude in that that sort of. If you remember the the scene from Aliens with Sigourney Weaver, she's like it's like a, a uh, one of the uh, Pandora guys in one of those as, as a, a walk around. Um, but other than I mean, there wasn't else. Really, a lot that happened or changed in Animal Kingdom, and it didn't need to. They're, the people are going, but right. yeah, yeah. Not much uh, the lines are right. The lines for Flight of Passage are still, <laughs> still the lines of Flight of Passage. We'll see how Galaxy's Edge impacts that. Um, but I also think it's the calm before the storm um, in terms of, of what else might be coming to Animal Kingdom. Let's quickly move over to uh, the Disney Resorts um, over at the Contemporary. The Pixar Play Zone replaced the arcade, which I'm sad about. However, if you have, I actually had a chance to go in and check it out. If you have kids ages 4 to 12, you can play with characters from Toy Story and The Incredible and a very, it's not just dumping kids in front of video games. It's a very, have, you, have your kids been there? Um, yeah, we did do it once. I think it's like 75 a kid. And it's it's nice because it's like babysitting, quote unquote, for the night if you want to have an evening, you know, with, with your significant other. Um, but, you know, also feel like you're giving your kids like a unique Disney experience and not just dumping them off with a, you know, a sitter or, you know, a, an activity area, um, you know, for the evening. So they're getting a cool Disney experience while you have some time, some adult time. And there's food like they feed them and stuff, too. They have a yeah, menu that, that you can choose from. Yeah. What amazes me is if you're a local, you don't have to be staying at the hotel. You can actually no, use it yeah. as a babysitting service. Yeah. 
mean, it's it's not cheap, but no. it's again, it's like it's cool to you know for a special occasion or you know once in a while to, to kind of give your kids a special event as well while you're going out. Of right, it's a, it's a it's a double win because you get to go have a nice meal at. California Grill or wherever you want to go and and your kids feel like you're doing something special for them. I don't think they require proof of the kids' ages so you can check me and Lou in and we would enjoy it. I'm sure you would. You might want to shave that (laughs) goatee on your face. I could be a hairy kid. (laughs) Um, Overall at the resorts and again we're talking about how much more your phone is going to play a part not just in your theme park experience but your resort experience your digital you know, digital key on the my disney experience app gives you access to the resorts um, i know i saw you did a video when it first came out your mom or you were staying at the polynesian yeah like i was so excited because it was right when they they you know started it like that day i think my we, my mom was staying at poly so it's cool i mean a lot of people are like well why would you need that but i think it is just sort of a you know a first step in like the many many things that your phone and you know will be able to do and there are those times when like your magic band is you know is acting up or you happen to leave it in the room so it is nice to have it as a backup and it's just cool like you turn your bluetooth on your phone and you can open your door with your phone it's just it's it's just some cool tech yeah like i don't wear a magic band i like and like i, said, I think it's a backup have you used it on the app, or you just use your Magic Band? I'm just using the Magic Band for now. It's just easier. I think, but I think what's going to happen is it'll start to as your phone becomes more of a of a part of your resort and theme park experience. You'll you're going to be having that out more and more, and it's that might sort of start to be the go to um, thing. You can also see it becoming like your Apple Watch, you know, right. which you know, which is a lot more convenient, obviously, than breaking out your phone and opening the app. So it's I think it's a first step. It's a cool first step. Yeah, I think if you have an Apple Watch, a lot of what the the magic bands do could eventually be transferred transferred over to those devices. Uh, we did get some information about some of the new hotels that are under construction and that are coming. Um, we see the Riviera Resort and the Grand Destino Tower at Disney's California, which, uh, California, at Disney's Coronado Springs Resort. Um, not only did it get its name, but construction is. Um, is well, well underway. Those will be opening next year. We know that the name of the new high-end boutique hotel near the Swan and Dolphin is going to be called The Cove, and the new um, nature-inspired hotel um, coming over by where River Country is going to be called Reflections, a Disney lakeside lodge. Uh, (laughs) Groundbreaking on the Star Wars Hotel, which is going to be sort of on the the south side of, of Hollywood Studios, sort of east of World Drive. Um, is underway. We'll talk more about what that is going to be when it opens. Again, you know, be prepared. Um, no, reservations are not I know. <laughs> I get an email every day about getting reservations at that hotel. Not open yet. I mean, there's really no details <laughs> no. A- at all, even in terms of, of when it's going to open. Uh, and just quickly sticking with the resorts, Sebastian's Bistro over at the newly updated, remodeled, reimagined Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort opened in October. I have not been there yet, deliberately giving a little bit of time. I know you have and raved about it. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Not only was the food good, the service was fantastic. And I also love how spacious the restaurant is. You are not packed in at all. It's wide open inside. There's a ton of light coming in. Um, and I, you know, I'll throw in, the menu was was phenomenal um and also just caribbean beach as a whole right now with the refurb and remodel of the lobby um and banana cabana area outside as you're walking to sebastian's is beautiful it's it's just full of light and 
I don't know if any, I'm sure you guys have walked through, you know, and seen it, but it's just, you know, yellow curtains and the, even the bathrooms are pretty. Like it makes me want to, it makes me want to stay there. Like it was definitely worthwhile the amount of work that they did there. Have you, have you, is it all seafood or is there not? No, no, there's, no, there's like a great pulled pork dish and there's great burgers and no, it's not, it's not all seafood at all. That's, we need to go there. <laughs> we need to do a food review. To, John just told me we need to do a food review there. So There's like a list already of food reviews that we need to do. As many food reviews as I've done, there's there's a lot. Um, <laughs> so, all right, so speaking there's of food. There's a lot of meals in a day. Yeah, so there's, there's, a lot of, there's at least six meals per day. Anything else, so anything else resort-wise that I missed? Um, other than Sa- Sammy Duvall's Water Sports, after two decades, 20 years mm-hmm. it was here, um, left Walt Disney World this year. It's not your wheelhouse, but I mean the the fun runs have been. I know, I know. That was quite an eye roll there. But no, I mean I think it's just a part of like this year was a, you know a lot of the park stuff this year is kind of on hold and just watching the building excitedly. Yeah. So it kind of has been the year of the special event and the resort activities and just sort of diving into areas of Disney that you don't normally explore as much. And I mean it's it's just one example, but you know a lot of the resorts now have these morning fun runs where you can kind of go out. It's like one point. It's like three k usually. It's like one point four to one. 1.8 miles. You can walk it. You can stroller it with your kids. You can, you know, it's just it's a fun way to just go see a part of you know Disney that you might not have explored yeah, on like foot before. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. There's a beignet dash. At, that's been on for more. dash. Yeah. Okay. Wait. 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 You know, I'm you did, sorry I made fun of the running. Oh, if there are beignets at the end of the run... Wait a second. Let me, let me introduce you to a new so, concept. You could actually go there and buy the beignets without the running. Oh, okay. Forget yeah. that. So, no. I mean, you pay like $15 a person for your for your bib to, to do the little walk around. You, I mean, like French Quarter, they've been doing it for more than a year. But you walk around the water from, you know, from um, French Quarter to Riverside and back. And on your bib, there's a coupon for three free beignets when you're done. Or like here at the Boardwalk one, there's a cool pin you get at the end and like a goofy slushy... There's, I mean, it's no, they, yeah. they mix it in, and it's like you're not running it necessarily. Right. You just kind of go out for a walk with your kids in the morning, and there's a little treat at the end. So Once again, adding something of value in the resort area because yeah. uh, there's a lot of people who are like you that will do that every morning. I, however, will not. <laughs> <laughs> I want to sleep in. I want to have coffee brought up to me. <laughs> I do not want to get up and run. Paying fifteen dollars, <laughs> paying fifteen dollars to run with a child is not necessarily the way Becky no, wants to spend her morning. No, that's not that's not my vacation. But I mean, there's also like the you know wine. <laughs> and painting, you yeah. know, activities a yeah. lot of the resorts now, and I, I just think there's like... Sure, there's the wine. <laughs> but they're, they're, I think they're just adding a lot of, you know, levels of experience yeah. to parts well, of Disney that you wouldn't normally be exploring. Yeah, and I think it's something you can do with your kids, and I think it's for kids who can't do the races, it's right. a great way for them to take their, literally like the baby steps, but get, you know, my son right. wanted to run because he wanted the medal. You know, yeah. but for years was too young, so that's a great yeah, way to do it without a, a huge investment of time or money. But it also kind of ties into the ticketing because if you're staying here for seven days and you're on a budget or you're trying to watch what you're spending, you can pick the days you want to go in the park, and then these activities allow you to enjoy the resort for a day without having a park ticket as well. Yep. Um, you mentioned beignets, which got me thinking about food. I didn't really hear anything that you said, but let's quickly <laughs> talk about. Um, a little bit. Well, we're going to make our way over to Springs as a whole. But in terms of food, it 2018 was like the year of the cupcake. I counted no less than 721 different themed cupcakes. Um, what? That, yeah. Because 
in the parks, the resorts, special events. Look at that. That looks delicious. Um, <laughs> some guy just walked by with ice cream. I'm starving. There are a, a ton of um, different... I'm actually, for years, somebody who's been a guest on the show before and I have been talking about doing a, cu- a cupcake tour, and she and I are definitely going to do it very soon in 2019. The Edison at Disney Springs opened in January. Um, we've been. We'll talk about some of the special events we've been to there, and... Again, I think you're the only one here who's done so far the storybook dining with Snow White at Artist Point at Disney's Wilderness Lodge. Again, when it was announced, was the subject of much discussion and debate because Artist Point was a a beautiful, albeit I think very overlooked, deluxe dining experience. Um, But on the other side of the coin, what it does do is it adds not only another character meal, a unique character meal, but something at Wilderness Lodge, especially for kids. Now, I, know, I know you've done it before. Yeah, Wilderness Lodge needed a character meal, and this is the perfect thing. This space is stunning. I mean stunning. It's They basically took the columns in Artist Point and created these gorgeous, very real-looking trees that come out, and they're covered in fairy lights. I mean... This it's the space is beyond gorgeous. The menu needs a minute to settle down, but it is already very very good. Um, and it's 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 by far far and away the most immersive character dining experience on property. I mean, it's it's you are in the Snow White Snow White's forest. The characters are only Snow White characters. You've got the Evil Queen, which is the only place you can meet a villain in that sort of setting. Um, she's fantastic, and um, you've Dopey. You're a Dopey girl or Dopey guy. Um, that you can meet. So it's Dopey, Grumpy, Snow White, and the Evil Queen. Um, it's it's just very cool. It's the most. It's by far the most immersive dining experience I've had on property. I want to get like I do because I, I refuse to review a restaurant until it's had a few weeks or even a couple of months to sort of find its way, not just in the kitchen but for the servers as well. Um, that's definitely what I want to do a, a live dining review of. Um, from food, let's quickly go over to merchandise. Uh, again, I think it started probably in 16 or 17, but the spirit jersey oh, yeah. boom has exploded now with attraction spirit jerseys where they have a tough time keeping the haunted mansion and tiki room and pirates ones on the shelves rose gold ears john's doing the ear thing they are rose gold millennial pink potion purple now they just announced the the spaceship earth wall or one of the some new wall bubble the bubble whatever it's called <laughs> sorry i'm not as hip instagram as whatever um <laughs> And it's, it's a thing. Like, the rose gold ear has become now not just something to wear in the parks, but they are collectibles. Um, somebody in the WRE Nation or Bachville group posted a picture of her suitcase coming to Walt Disney World, and it was just full of different ear hats that I guess she wears and takes pictures of. The other thing, too, are popcorn buckets. Popcorn oh. buckets are, there's the aliens, the Halloween cauldron. Um, there was also the, the Oogie Boogie one that I know we saw in Disneyland. Right. I think they're really cool. I just don't have the room to store, you know, <laughs> more popcorn. I mean, I look, clearly this is a body that, that likes its popcorn. But do you, guys, do you guys buy the popcorn buckets, your kids? I buy them always for other people that are dying to have them. And it's amazing to me how they're the line. People, you know, there's a line of a half hour long yeah. or longer for people to buy a popcorn bucket. Yeah, they do look cute. You say try Tokyo Disney Sea if you want to see a line for a popcorn bucket. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the popcorn's so good there. People will just go into that park to stand in line for popcorn bucket and leave. It or is. just for the popcorn period. Yeah. Oh. Like if you're oh, questioning okay. coming okay. with We're us to Japan, dinner? the popcorn is. Oh. I'm taking my glasses off because <laughs> the popcorn is the best popcorn you'll have anywhere. And there's like nine different flavors throughout the park. Now why can't we have nice things? Why can't we? You can, but you got to go to Tokyo to get them. You know we have two spots left no, no, for our we trip. We have Amazon Prime. Why can't they send us some? You got to get it there, because 
all the popcorn is different in all the different lands. I just go with this. You know you want to. I, think I do want to. Jeez. <laughs> you and Lisa could room together. I, I, I would do that. Lisa wouldn't mind that. Will you We're pay for, for mine? <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Well, yes, yes, I will. <laughs> I'm in. I'm down. You fly, he'll buy. Um, all right, let's. I want to quickly go over to. We, we've been sort of dancing around the events um, at Walt Disney World, and there have been. A lot of why do you look so so confused, Becky? I'm going to clarify uh, this for we you. Staying in Walt Disney World because we're, we're staying... looking at things that changed, and so there's something else on the other. We're going to get to the other. We're going to get to the other parks, and and by other parks I mean Disneyland and the, inter, the international parks only, not Wiki Watchy and Boardwalk and Baseball. Um, <laughs> one of the um, one of the things that we've seen a lot more of um, in the parks are are premium special events um, that are coming to that are. It's not something that you have to do, and if you don't do all, you feel like you're missing out, but they are really nice additions. So obviously we've had Mickey's Not So Scary and Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party for ages. Um, They are starting to happen much earlier than they used to. I think the Halloween party starts on Easter, and (laughs) the the Christmas party starts... What was it? August 14th was the first Halloween party. And the, the Christmas party started in... Like right, a- I mean, days after, like in because there used to actually be a, a short period of time, hello, a short period of time in early November, um, and I, I don't think that people are traveling, you know, and you want to be able to have the experience. I mean, maybe August is the only time that you can go because your kids are in school, and it's nice that you can have. It's you know, as a local walking into the park on August fourteenth and seeing it, you know, festive for Halloween, it's. You know, it's it can be a little crazy. Let me tell you, the Ewok costume does not play well in August. Just, just so you know, those costumes don't. But no, but it's but it. You know, I can fully appreciate like if you're traveling and that's the only time you can come. I love that you're able to have the holiday experience. So it's it's fine. But there's a lot more than just those. So, for example, there are now dessert parties, more dessert parties with um, nighttime spectacular opportunity viewing. So there's Magic Kingdom has their after was it happily ever after fireworks dessert party and then the rivers of light dessert party um i have have, has anybody done any of those i haven't done any as yet i did one once i you know unless you're a big dessert person it's not worth it unless you just want to have it for the sake of having the nice viewing area and stuff yeah that's the point is if you really want that premier viewing location and have it reserved for you so you're not trying to hold down a wall or an area in the wall um, it, it it can be really nice to be able to just walk in if you don't have a fast pass because obviously there's a fast pass ability to kind of have that same viewing location as well. So I guess they're just giving a lot of opportunities for people to experience or have a different experience with the same shows that they've seen. I've only done it at Hollywood Studios. Um, I, we were invited to, to cover it. I don't even remember when it was. Maybe it was for Star Wars. Um, and it was very nice. I mean, I'm not a big dessert guy. I mean, I ate my, my weight in desserts anyway, just for research purposes, but um, it was nice sort of having that area, having, and I think, it, it, too, if you like, Becky, I'm looking at you, if you like adult cocktails, you can certainly, you know, drink your money's worth. <laughs> I don't know what you, what that sound was, but you can drink your money's worth or eat your money's worth. And it is nice to have that area without having to sort of line up, you know, um, way earlier for it. Um, they also did some early morning events at Magic Kingdom and Toy Story Land. So if you want to get, if you're an early riser, Becky, I'm not looking at you. If you're an early riser and want to get into the parks earlier and hit some of those attractions that have traditionally long waits, um, they have them at Magic Kingdom, Toy Story Land. And then um, I'm, I'm going to get to after hours events. We also did the H2O Glow Nights mm-hmm. at Typhoon Lagoon, which 
was way more fun, honestly, than I expected it to be. Because um, one, nobody wants to see this in a bathing suit, but we had a blast. Don't laugh. Um, I'm going back to like the 1920s One Piece. Um, <laughs> but we had a blast. You did that too? I did. It was, if you remember that night, it rained and we didn't know if we were going to stay. I did wind up leaving a little early, but I still liked it. I thought the crowd level was awesome. Yeah. I mean, there was, was nobody crowd. there. Um, I think I did it twice. I want to say that I did it twice because one time I was there and it didn't rain, and we just rode some of the some of the, the attractions that have traditionally long wait over and over again. There was a DJ, there was a dance party, they had special food items. Yeah, um, that was the, it. Was the same night the rain just stopped and it ended up being a fantastic night. But yeah, like it's such a great like date night or. You know, they have like, you know, cool floaties in the lazy river that are funny animals and food and a DJ party. And it was we had so much fun that night. I was I was pleasantly surprised. And before I get to the specific after hours events, um, they Disney tried something out this year. I don't remember. At Vicky's Very Merry Christmas Party, they now introduced the Tony's Town Square dinner during the, the so it's sort of a, a premium event within a premium event where you had access to Tony's Town Square, a huge buffet of hot foods. There were multiple bars. What was nice about it was you could go in there, get something to eat, relax, have a nosh, dessert, drinks, a lot, Becky, lots of cocktails, and then go out, experience the, the Christmas party some more, go back, sit down. You can sit out on the um, on the terrace to, to watch the fireworks because it was only people who were in there. Um, I think the price was seventy nine ninety nine dollars somewhere in there. Um, I, I was pleasantly surprised at how much and how good the food was, and, and it wasn't just desserts. There was a, a big like at the pasta table, and there was um, a lot of little hors d'oeuvres, a lot of sweet and savory. So I mean, you could sort of go there and make that your dinner, as opposed to having you know it wasn't just a place to have um, desserts or snacks. So you guys had not done that yeah so that was new this year um very quickly over at the edison and maria enzo's and enzo's hideaway um the edison had themed event nights this year they had gatsby night the nightmare before christmas halloween party a new year's eve party i think obviously ushering in what is probably going to be a monthly themed event we did gatsby and and halloween had a blast so much fun like some of the best times we've had like on property it's great like it's definitely an adult night um it runs super late i think it was like 2 a.m it ran until the pricing is very i've never closed down disney springs before we closed it down we closed down both of those i think um yeah it's like it's you know costumed if you want it to be costumed and um no i'm like i'm so excited to see what's coming with that next year because i know like from the themed music, they had aerial, aerial performers, and f- f- a that band was amazing. The band was incredible, and it was like John nonstop food. Just they keep bringing it out to you like over and over again. I wouldn't be interested in anything like that. Right? No, you wouldn't like that. You wouldn't like. And we were smart. We got a table right by the kitchen, so as soon as they came out, we had first access. A lot of those things. Four other people. Some things never made it past our table. Um, and it was the the price point was not super high. Like we definitely felt we got your money's worth. Yeah, for what you get, like it was very reasonable. Um, yeah, and you get like a drink when you walk in. There's it, it's it's a good night. I highly recommend the Edison's late night events. And the one thing I know that we have all done this year, and Disney not just brought it back but expanded to other parks, were the after hours events. Uh, not just in Magic Kingdom, but at Disney's Hollywood Studios, and this year at Disney's Animal Kingdom was the first time they have done it. Um, 
I think, I don't know if I had ever done an after hours event before this year. Um, we were invited to do all three. Um, I think, that, and this could almost be a separate conversation because I think there are some after hour events that will appeal to other people for different reasons. Look, Animal Kingdom was a ghost town, and I mean that in a good way. So if you want to go and explore Animal Kingdom by yourself, basically, at night and just ride Flight of Passage and Expedition Everest over and over and over and over and over again with nobody else there, that it's worth its weight in gold. Mm -hmm. Well, I did the first when they rolled out the after-hours parties in Magic Kingdom last year for in 17, and... It was. It was like having the park completely to yourself. No matter where you were going, you would maybe see one or two people walking across the hub to go somewhere else. But it was so empty and no people, and it was worth it to me. Um, it was worth paying the price to have that type of access, even if it's just for photography or to be able to walk on any ride at all. And they were giving out popcorn and we were getting free um, ice cream. Yeah, ice cream and all the all the things that come with it. So for me, I probably if I saw one coming from the Magic Kingdom, especially because I haven't done the other ones because someone didn't tell me about the one at, at um, Hollywood Studios one night. Lisa. No. <laughs> Do not blame it on anybody but you. Uh, anyway, <laughs> if I were to uh, look at planning over a week, I might take one day and not buy a park ticket mm-hmm. and buy the after hours party because you get in at 4 o'clock, or at least I did it when I was able mm-hmm. to do it then and just you know, spend the day at the resort spend your 79 to 129, whatever the price point is depending on what discount you have uh, and then get, get your after hours party in for that day so it's um, not a waste of money that you haven't been in the park all day and enjoy having the entire park to yourself. Yeah, I mean, if you don't mind a couple, you know, for, for Animal Kingdom, not every attraction obviously is open, but if you're going there to, to hit the big ones and you sort of want to have that feeling, I agree. Not if you don't have an annual pass or depending on how you want to enjoy the parks, um, it, it was a really, it was a nice night. When we did the Magic Kingdom, I did it with a 12-people extended family. Nice. And we had... Uh, the Bear Jamboree to ourselves, which was amazing. I've done it now in all the parks, and I know that a lot of people will say the sales point is you can just get on all the attractions without waiting, but there's still another sales point of being in the park mm-hmm. when there's no one there. Yeah. That experience alone is just incredible, and you're not getting it any other way. Mm-hmm. And you can't complain about the price because that's the only reason why you're getting it yes. that way. So it is the most amazing. And, it's, and to, be, to, to, to really drive the point home, it is not oversold at all. Yeah. Like when we, like I rode Everest with one other person. Yeah. You literally, like, you are walking on for all intents and purposes, it's a long walk, but you're walking on to Flight of Passage. You have attractions, you have lands all to yourself. Yeah. Even shows. Yeah. They did Rivers of Light. Yeah. Yeah. It's an intimate park experience that you're not really going to get any other way. And, I mean, to, to be on Main Street when it's empty at night, you know, get those, like you said, photog- from a photography perspective, if you're into you know, photography in the parks, like, do an after-hours yes. event yes. because you will never, ever get pictures like that any other way. Exactly. The closest you're going to get is if you do a land buyout or a park buyout, which is going to be multi-millions of dollars to have that type of feeling. If you took, you know, maybe 3,000 of your your favorite friends and divided it, you're still not going to get anywhere near this park price to, to do it by yourself. And when you have a park as large as, as any of these, 3,000 people feels like you have it all to yourself. It really does. And... No, I was going to say, and I'll say too, like, don't get me wrong, like, the Halloween party and the Christmas party are, are wonderful, 
But when we came here on vacation, we would buy tickets to the Halloween party or Christmas party to know that we had a night where the attractions wouldn't be as crowded and the kids could ride whatever they wanted. And they are still relatively crowded, but sort of everybody's going to the parade or to the fireworks and to see the special events. So we would literally buy tickets to the Halloween party, not to go collect Hershey bars or necessarily even to watch the parade, but just to know that I would have one night where if there was other stuff we missed or that that I knew I could get my kids on everything. And these after hours events, I mean, if that's why you're buying party tickets, these after hours events are the way to go because they're are so much. The park is so, so, so much more empty than it is for a party. We were right? guesstimating there was maybe seven, eight hundred people at Animal Kingdom. Yeah, and that's that's really a good number. With with the parties like you were talking about, the Halloween party and the Christmas party, there was a time when that's how it felt. Yeah. Like you, there was a five minute wait on anything, which meant you're actually walking into the queue for five minutes and getting on the ride. And there, as it's been more popular, obviously they're selling more and more tickets to those. So it doesn't have that exclusive feel anymore. However, there have been times and I've stood after paying those party prices and said, you know, how much more would I pay to have right. that less number of people where you can do that? And this is the perfect answer. Right. It's, it's not, you know, not every family is, you know, if you have a family of five or six, there's a certain, obviously, a cost associated with it. But if you are able to do it, mm-hmm. um, I absolutely think it's worth it. Like, I had a lot of fun, even at Animal Kingdom. I, for most of the time, I was just sort of wandering around by myself, taking pictures, um, as opposed to riding, you know, I rode Flight of Passage a couple of times, but then I just explored the park. You're going back to what Becky was saying about, like, renting a land or a park. It's almost like the analogy where, did you ever want to get together with some of your friends and rent Disney? They've done the legwork for you. That's what the after hours felt like. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see um, as it continues, if, as the word continues to get out, how much more popular, you know, where, the, where does that cap number start to be for those? Uh, I, you guys are way too young to remember um, way back when in the probably the late 80s, early 90s, when they had e-ride nights. Yeah. No, and it was yeah. maybe $15, $20, $20 right? Space you bought it, Mountain over right? and over and over, yeah. And they, they had it only at Magic Kingdom. It was called e-ride nights. Yeah. So it was 15 $20, bucks, and they had attractions that were open, but there was nobody. nobody. Was there awesome. was nobody there. So. It was only like 15 bucks for yeah. three hours, yeah. Um, let's move our way over to Disney Springs. Um, the Star Wars Secrets of the Empire virtual reality experience opened up at The Void. Did you guys do Star Wars at all? Yep. Loved it. That was great. I'm going to admit, when when it first opened, I'm like, VR, I've seen it on my phone. It was crazy. Like, you felt the heat. You sort of felt like you were leaning over and going to fall. Uh, It's now the Wreck-It Ralph. The Ralph Breaks VR opened up in November, which I haven't had a chance to try yet. They still do Star Wars at the same time. Oh, they do? They do still do Star Wars. And Wreck-It Ralph was awesome. I I like Star Wars a little better. But Wreck-It Ralph was awesome. And the fact that you can do both is great. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't realize. I think it's like $20, $25? Yeah, something like that. So you try to do both. And I think there's discounts for annual pass holders and and DVC. Uh, World of Disney reopened. in, I think, July, with what I feel is a much cleaner, much more open, much more modern, fresh, um, easier to navigate um, experience there from what it was before. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a, a drunk merchandise <laughs> blow-up bazaar. Now the merchandise actually shines. It do, if, you know, Yeah, you miss some of the characters maybe up at the top, but uh, you know, hanging over your head as the, the big ornaments. But no, I, I like it now. I think it is cleaner. It feels less chaotic. Yeah. 
and I like more of the subtle details and some oh. of the, the things that happen behind the registers and some of the, the detail um, at the at the checkout counters themselves. Even some of the projections on the floors and on the walls. You're right. It, it's Funny cleaner. It's open. Yeah. Even a little guy like me can stand at one end and look and see where I want to navigate. And it's easier to navigate, too, Very to find stuff. Right. You um, remember you used to, to say, what room am I in? Am I in the watches or the men's <laughs> yeah. clothing? Because they were closed off. The rooms yeah. were closed off. And it felt very um, yeah, claustrophobic. Like yeah. the, the displays were high, so like you could lose the person you were with like in the blink of an eye. Yeah. I, I love the yes. new layout. I love yeah. the new layout. You can see you can see where you are and where people are. And that's been mirrored over in, in Disneyland too, and they're downtown Disney. That same type of, of cleaner experience. Um, we did lose little mismatched, although we all, and we also lose the, the Disney design of tea. Remember design of tea like. The little hands, but yeah, nope. It's been there for like ten years. I remember when it first opened. You can go in and design your own T-shirt. A T-shirt, John, is a thing that you put on. Never mind. It's not there anymore. But but we got Terralina Crafted Italian, which opened June twenty eighth, which is the James Beard Chef Tony Montuano. Although I do miss the little meatball bar that they used to have. Uh, with, there, there used to be a meatball bar inside. Do you have you ever listened to a show that you're not? Have you ever listened to a show that I'm on? Period. Um, Chicken Guy opened on August 3rd. Wolfgang Buck's Puck's Bar and Grill opened. The Four Rivers Food Truck opened. Oh, yeah, Big Daddy. Wine Bar George. I have, And most of these places, I can't. I have not been to Wine Bar George yet. Oh, it's good. I have That's not so been to Wolfgang those. Puck as yet. I do dig me some Chicken Guy. Um, so there was a, a lot of little things that came. Oh, there was the Kingdom Hearts preview Thing that just opened up, um, and which when it first opened, the line of Kingdom Hearts fans, Becky crying, crying I'm to walk a in. Big Kingdom Hearts fan. I don't want to ruin the game for myself. It's pre-ordered. It comes January 29th. Uh, I'm not a Kingdom Hearts guy. Like I dig me some video games because clearly try it. If and I did, I played when I was there. You can go and, and play. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't date a lot very much. I'm still playing Spider-Man, which is far and away the best video game of all time ever. Go out and get it right it now if you actually. haven't before. Um, what do you think? Is there anything else that's new that came to Disney Springs this year? Disney style. They have the Dis- the Disney style store, which is sort of the they call it the Instagram store. But I do. I mean, I I. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, but no, I, I just think it's one more sort of nod to their public. Like, I think Disney just is, just gets it. They're just they getting it. Yeah, they, yeah they just, they know what people want. They know what people like. It's it's like, it's it's not for children, but it is Disney. Like, it's it's that fun Disney. It's not. Which is exactly co-op. what people have been complaining about for years. The Disney store, you couldn't walk into a Disney store at the mall. Kids, malls were places yeah. you used to go to. But you people complained for years. You can't go into the Disney store and buy clothes for adults. Yeah, now, other than, other right. than T-shirts, but now they have, they're catering to it. I mean, between like places like the dress shop at Cherry Tree Lane, um, which has beautiful sort of vintage style Disney themed dresses, and now you can also get like matching ties and bow ties for men there. Um, yes, um, and Disney style, which is you know. It's very casual, but it's it's for adults and it's sort of it's it's geared toward adults. Um, I, d- I just think like across the board, they're just recognizing their audience and and they they definitely listen. They absolutely pay attention. I think this year was the AMC upgrades for the Dolby Theater and stuff like that. The Atmos Theater is so yes, good. That is amazing. I think they're doing it to all their theater. Well, some others. I know they're gutting other theaters and they're going to become that. That is a different movie going experience. You go see. You go see uh, uh, Avengers Endgame oh. or uh, Far From Home and Air, then your butt rumbles. It's <laughs> phenomenal. What's the best new addition to Disney Springs in 2018? Oh, Marie and Enzo was not 2018, but I would have picked that. Uh, 
Was it 2018? I think so. Because oh. Edison opened on New Year's Eve, and oh. it was the first right, of right. them. Pizza okay, Ponte, Edison, Marie and Enzo, yeah. the hideaway. Yeah. So you with. say which one? Marie and Enzo's. Okay. Where we did the we did a the yeah. dinner review there. That's right. The rice bowls you had 37. Shush, man. They oh, were yeah. great. Oh, I'm so hungry right now. The Edison was technically New Year's Eve, you know, 2017. Yeah. But you know, I'm still gonna say the Edison. They just they're using that space so well. I love the parties they're having. I well, I haven't, I haven't actually spent any time at the Edison, but I do like Wine Bar George. I really, really like that space because it's very casual and it's got the small bites, and it, you don't have to go there. And its for name it. is Wine Bar, which <laughs> okay, yeah, but <laughs> but the food is really good too. So it's a great place to just stop for a snack as you're shopping. I I really enjoy the space. Yeah, I, again, I haven't been there. I wanted to give that some time. Um, you've never been either? There's a lot of places that we need to go and, and visit and eat. Um, I did try the, the Four Rivers food truck. If you've never had Four Rivers and want some, like, really good barbecue and stuff, and they have, like, this giant taco cone, oh, it's phenomenal. Um, I don't know what I would say is the best new addition, but I have to tell you, I'm really impressed with Chicken Guy. Um, the quality of the food, everything is, is – it's hand-pounded chicken. It's made fresh. It's super inexpensive. Like, you can get a full meal for $11, $12, no joke. Like, you can feed a family four there for under $50 easily and have food to spare. Question. Yeah. Chicken guy versus homecoming. Because I've It's different. It's completely different. Okay. So, chicken guy is, is quick service. So, okay. quick service, Becky, is when you actually walk up and they hand you your food and you bring it to your. Actually, no, they bring it to your table. You'd love it. They use the pucks, <laughs> they'll bring it to your table. They've got 30 some odd different sauces. To choose from, yeah. they're big pieces of pounded chicken. Not they're not nuggets. They're not strips. Um, it's not processed. Um, you can right. You can if you want to be crazy and healthy, you can get the grilled stuff. Okay. But um, it's it's super super. It's delicious. So I haven't tried it yet. So hey. Lunch. Lunch. Sales are four ninety five. Yeah. Like four ninety five for a kid, which is awesome. Like homecoming is my children's favorite restaurant on property. So like we go there a lot. But it's it's you know it's an investment. It's not somewhere I'm going to stop by before a movie like without making plans for it necessarily usually. Um, But no, I mean you can like get a kid's meal for four ninety five and like a you know salad or chicken you know for yourself for you know seven ninety five. I mean it's it's and they have milkshakes and stuff. Like it's it's really good. I think five. Tenders are seven dollars or seven ninety nine, and five is tough to finish. Like the, we were there, yeah. Like it was, and look at, yeah, I know. Look at me, it was tough to finish. But you, and they've got um, the sauce. They have a sauce dude that walks around or like squirts sauces. It's like a sauce. He's like a sauce cowboy because he has like a holster. He does. He's like a sauce dude for them. He's got a. They, he's got a name. He's got it because he wears like the vest. He's like the sauce slinger. Oh, a sauce slinger. That's what he is. He's a sauce slinger. Okay, it is. It, it's awesome. I'm famished, by the way. Um, yeah, really. We're getting hungry now. Let's move this. Quickly, just a, a couple of losses. Uh, again, with everything that's new, some things have to go away. Um, Stitch's Great Escape in Tomorrowland closed. It, look, the death knell had sounded for that for a while ago. Becky is literally doing cartwheels <laughs> on the opposite side of the table. It was um, never my favorite way back when. It was not. Chili dog. It, when it was Alien Encounter, it was a place right. to, to avoid. And so... No, was, what? Oh, yeah. So alien Encounter was awesome. Like, and the Alien Encounter was a groundbreaking attraction for Walt Disney World. the most excitement I had all week was getting my back licked by... Well, that's, that speaks different volumes about other things, but... I took on my claustrophobia and took it to a whole new level. That's alien Encounter, alien encounter was a game changer in Walt Disney World history. I agree. Because it was the very first attraction that I felt... And, and I, I did a, a full DSI on it um, 
way back when, uh, I really look at that attraction. It was a game changer in terms of upping the thrill level and the scare level for a demographic that had been previously underserved, which That's was true. the teen, tween, young right. adult market. So to know that you can go in and get a little bit of a scare, and even the technology of the alien licking breathing the on your, your neck. He it wasn't was licking gross. the back of your neck. You're a weirdo. <laughs> it was breathing on the back of your neck. He had that hot breath. Yeah. I love that exponentially more than... <laughs> Stitch's Great Escape, my, the, 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 the audio animatronic was a oh. remarkable technological I feat. Like I, what I didn't like was the story or lack yeah. thereof. Yeah, uh, and that's where I sort of felt the attraction was, was weak. There was no repeat oh. value. Right. Yeah. But there, there are rumors, and I'm not... There are rumors that... that um, we, less we know what it is. That rumors that there's a potentially a Wreck-It Ralph attraction going well, on there. I was going to say, hopefully there's like rainbows and unicorns in that building, so I can go back in it again and feel comfortable. But you <laughs> say you're dark and twisty. That's that's why I, I figured that. But not being held down with something licking the back of my neck. It's just yeah. It was well to look. I missed you know Flight to the Moon and Mission to Mars yeah. because as a kid I believed you know that that seat was rumbling and, and the rocket was um, taking off. Becky, I know, too, you'll be devastated about the fact that Rafiki's Planet Watch closed oh. in uh, okay. October. Um, I- I'm curious to see what that space is going to be used going? Where are the baby Well, there's rumor that it's going to come back as a, a different experience. Because remember, for a lot of families that have younger kids, yeah. that was a great diversionary That's experience. You, you boarded the train. You yeah. felt like you were going somewhere else. You could interact with live animals, right? Yeah, like remember, like nobody remembers that. Grandma's Duck Farm, Minnie Moo. Minnie Moo, you don't remember Minnie Moo? Minnie Moo the cow. Do you ever live to... So I do. I wrote Walter's little trivia books. Minnie Moo was a cow that had a huge hidden Mickey, like, in her, like, in on her fur, and she was at Grandma's duck farm. I, I you should episode. write a book. You seem to know a lot about it. I totally missed that. that I'm, yeah. I'm sending you all... all they're out of print, but... Sorry. <laughs> um, and the other loss that I want to talk about, just because I think it, and he bears mentioning in 2018, was Stan Lee. Yeah. Uh, way to bring the room down, Mangello. But geez. I did. Like I and I think, and I we did a, a live show um, a day or two after he, he passed. I think as time goes on, history will look back on Stan Lee, and his name will be mentioned alongside the the Lucases. It's not blasphemous to say the Disney's because of look this ten years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the 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 rise and the growth of comic fandom. Mm-hmm is directly attributable to what Stan Lee did. You talk about a groundbreaking person in in this this pre-golden age of comics. That's what he did. And anybody that you talk to that ever met him said he was the nicest, most welcoming, humble, funny guy. Like, there was no air about him. There was no bravado. You know, I'm not a person that, like, cares about meeting celebrities and something. I wouldn't have minded just, you know, yeah, he would have been a good saying they, yeah. I mean, everybody says, oh, thank you so much, but, you know. So I know Stan knows. We talk amongst ourselves. Um, but, yeah, I think that was a, a huge loss. And, and I love the, um, um, the the outpouring of, of love that I saw online for him. So you guys, I'm assuming none of you were comic book people growing up. Yeah, we know Stan Lee. Uh, anything else? So before we move out of Walt Disney World, anything else you want to touch on there? A change, a loss, an addition. 
No. All right, let's quickly move over to Disneyland. I give love to both coasts. It's WDW Radio, a, a misnomer for many, many ways, but there's no way I can change it now. All Disney all the time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> out of the 200 domain names that I have ordered, there's about 20 of them that I've considered. Um, Pixar Pier and Pixar Fest over in Disneyland. OMG, oh, how much fun so did we have? Much fun. Um, Pixar Pier, again, I think it was one of those things that when it was announced, it was like, eh, you're just going to put a little, you know, you're sort of dressing it up. putting lipstick on, on the pig to, to use a, you know, not at all. Um, by retheming that area to those different neighborhoods, all that had different elements, and by different elements, of course, I mean different food items, and the Lamplight Lounge, um, some of the story in there. Theming and the entertainment that they brought over um, to that section of the park, it literally it gave it brand new life. Oh my gosh! I, that same feeling when they first announced it, it was like, oh, okay, well they're just going to re up it because it's California and it's getting kind of tired. But they did such an amazing job that you feel like you've, you're walking into a brand new park. And one of the things I think we enjoyed most was, it again, the food. sorry, the food. Because <laughs> there was some really cool varieties of food options that, that they had there. Um, but from the ice cream to the Lamplight Lounge to the, the chicken, um, <laughs> I forget the, the name of the place. But it was really cool yeah. just to get that little walkaway chicken thing. The oh, and, and then um, you, the little angry guy hot dog thing. <laughs> he looks just like you when you get upset. It's funny. I think if we took a poll and asked which of the two of us was the angrier. It's totally you. Okay. Uh, well, from, uh, yeah, yeah, anyway. <laughs> but it was so unique and so cute. And the detail in there, of course, like at the hot dog stand where they have the different types of sauces that start from, um, what was it, slightly annoyed all the way up to really, really angry or whatever. Becky level? Yeah, pretty much when I'm with you. <laughs> the, Becky, <laughs> the Becky in the heat around children level. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Like right now, trying to avoid the sunshine. Um, be quiet. <laughs> I know I left that totally open for you, you didn't I? Said, avoid the sunshine. <laughs> it's warm right here. Okay, anyway. See, thank you. Thank you for coming to my, my rescue there for a second. Why didn't you come to my rescue? Anyway, so I, I think that that was um, such a brilliant... I wouldn't even, it's not even an overlay. It is really a new land within um, the space. And the, the coaster, what they did with the Incredibles and how they put a story over that coaster, it wasn't, again, just an overlay. It was a full new story attached to an attraction. Um, I really enjoyed it there, and I want to go back. And we will go back. Um, obviously, D23 coming up this year. But I think that was only part of... Look, I think Disney California Adventure, and, and as time goes on and we, we look back has gone through a remarkable transformation from what it w first was and a park that never really understood what it wanted to be and what its story was and what its theming is. Now that you not only have Cars Land, which other than maybe some of the stuff I've seen in Tokyo, yeah. is still probably the, the most well-themed land. Obviously, Galaxy's Edge is going to you know, take that to a whole other level. But as long as we're talking, as long as we're staying there... They um, they announced Marvel Super Heroes Land right. that's coming. Some losses. Heimlich's Choo Choo Train is unfortunately gone. Um, you know, like a Thanos snap. Half of this DCA <laughs> just goes away. Um, and yeah, everybody's talking about Galaxy's Edge, but look, and, and I know I'm sort of alluding to what we're going to talk about in, in coming in 2019, but when I saw the Spider-Man attraction concept Jeez. art, 
I got a little verklempt, um, a, a lot. Um, an Avengers coaster, Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, restaurants. I mean, I think this summer we're going to hear a lot more and see a lot more about that at D23 Expo. Like, that is reason alone. To, are you going to Expo? Are you going to Expo? Maybe. What's wrong with you? What do you mean, maybe? Maybe. Do it for BigFatPanda.com. I just, I, I, I'm scared to fly, but I will do it. I I've been. Take a train. Can you wait? You can. Of course, you can take a train. All right, take that might train. be a thing. Get in a car. Do. Nah, never mind. Anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think there's, um, I, I think there were some changes that that came to California Adventure this year that really make that park a lot more interesting and attractive, um, from especially from what it was, and then obviously when when the Marvel Land opens, um, we saw. Not just we obviously love uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. You rode Guardians of the Galaxy yes. out there, right? Twice. Amazing. Love it. Becky calls it a party and a ride. Oh, it's a party and it a ride. A party. And then there was the Halloween overlay. That's right. exactly where oh, I was going to go. That. that was so refreshing to go on. It, it just changes at one hour, like at six o'clock, and everything turns to a little darker in Hollywood. Uh, sorry, in um, California Adventure, and all of a sudden you get on the ride and it's completely different from anything that they do during the day. Is it's, it still Guardians Halloween yeah. or no? Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. And from the moment you walk in, it has changed. So some of the storyline has changed, and it really Even was a fun And that's what that attraction yeah. lends itself to so well, yeah. is how quickly you can swap um, the, the stories out. Yeah. Um, quickly moving over to Disney Cruise Line. Oh, how I love you so. They did oh. announce that they purchased, and I think we sort of knew this for a, a while, they purchased a new, another island um, to that did go through the lighthouse went through the lighthouse so it's lighthouse point which is an island on the Lutheria Luthera it's lighthouse point we're just going to call it lighthouse point Um, they haven't exactly said what they're going to do with it or when but obviously there's three new ships coming to the fleet Um, that I think we are all we're all we all enjoy the cruise experience so Uh, can't wait to see that you know for me definitely the highlight of cruising for me not just because I'm a Disney fan, I love everything about the Disney cruise. Yeah. So I, I dig it oh so, so very much. Um, otherwise, no other changes? Anything Disney Cruise Line related? Yeah, we're all sitting just waiting in anticipation for some news about what the new ships are going to look Name like. a ship. The Dream. No. No. Name a new ship. A new name ship. one of the new... Sorry, no. let me be clear. Name one oh, of the new ships. Hold on. I'm going to give each of you a ship name. To, ship to name. Go ahead. Give me, give me a moment. I'm coming come back to you. The Dream Finder. <laughs> the wish, the inspiration. No, the you get one. Pick one. <laughs> the Marvel, the wish, or the or the inspiration. The Fantasia. Ooh. Interesting. I think okay. it's gonna be the wish. I think we're gonna. Have- I think the wish is gonna I be. Think one. The Fantasia too much like fantasy. Yeah. Dream Finder too much like dream. Yep. Yeah. Then again, they have Wilderness Lodge and Fort Wilderness Lodge. I mean, I think the Marvel would be an awesome name just because it's got too. such a double well, like touch to it. The Marvel would be good. Yeah. So Marvel characters all the time, and Thor would be there. It'd be awesome. So I think we also need to touch. You know, I want to touch too quickly on the international parks as well as the domestics. Uh, I think it's important to to remember that Disneyland Paris, it, which had previously not been, is now under complete control over the Walt Disney Company. Um, they had, it announced a two billion two billion dollar expansion to the park with a Star Wars themed land or Frozen land. And a Marvel Superheroes Land is going to be coming to Disneyland Paris in the next couple of years. Um, their rock and roller coaster is going to be getting a Marvel overhaul. There's going to be some new attractions as well. That resort over the next seven to ten years mm-hmm. is probably going to not just grow, but probably double from what it is now in terms of, of 
uh, of attendance. Which is why we have to go now so we can compare it as it as it grows and changes. Um, let's go. A little quick research trip. We're going to just take a quick Man, jaunt over. Um, in Hong Kong, their Marvel, Marvel superheroes land um, is getting... Um, it, they had the Iron Man experience, which was very, very cool. That's going to be growing into a superheroes land. A frozen roller coaster. Um, and interesting, their castle is getting... Yeah. Like, they're not just repainting the castle, they're rebuilding the castle, yeah. like, from ground zero. It's a teeny tiny little castle, and it's, like Disneyland, it's cute and it's quaint, but it's dwarfed because of something you don't see in any other Disney park, which is this magnificent, giant mountain range right behind yeah. it. So it looks much, much smaller than it really is. So it's going to go from the smallest to, I believe, the biggest of all of... The, the castles. It might be. Well, I thought it was it going could to be, be like almost a replica of the Disney World. Is it? I, like I have to go there. I'll have to go there and see for myself. Um, over at Tokyo, there is going to be a new Beauty and the Beast Land a restaurant and a dark ride. We've oh. seen some of the previews of some of the audio animatronic figures, which look like they're real people. It's crazy. The animatronics are amazing. And you know what? I don't know. Real people, it looks like the cartoon well, you know came I mean? like, to... Yeah. In terms of the, of the movement... Um, Seeing Belle with the lantern and her reaction looking around is just I wish we had that ride. I wish we were getting a Beauty and the Beast ride. Can you imagine a Be Our Guest scene on a dark ride? Gosh. Um, Disney Sea, not that it needs anything new added to it. It's getting uh, Frozen and Tangled and Peter Pan and, and a number of new attractions as well as... Um, a new deluxe hotel as well. Like, if you've never visited the overseas parks, um, they are giving you all the more reasons to do it. Better yet, all the more reasons to do it as a group. Um, it's just what I'm saying. Working on that other one. But you know what I would love to see come somewhere, come back somewhere, any park, anywhere that we can go see it? That walkthrough from Hong Kong. Oh, yeah. uh, do you think that we might see some I, technology somewhere? Without a doubt. Um, if you go back and listen to our Shanghai... Yeah our China recap show they had a temporary it almost looked like they put a lot of trailers together and opened them up and they it was a temporary walk slash run through (laughs) attraction with Doctor Strange and Thor and Black Widow it was you didn't listen to that show? wow wow yeah anywho uh, you didn't either? Oh, I did. Does anybody yeah. listen to it? No, we did. <laughs> we loved it. It's insane. It's temporary, and I think things. I think that was very much a test bed for something that they want to bring domestically. I sure hope so, because we were just talking about that with some other guests last night, talking about how it was so incredibly cool. You run, run, run into the room that's completely dark, and then Doctor Strange opens up the portal, <laughs> which was, uh, remember? We didn't even know that that was there. I remember... Only the Marvel characters spoke English, so we really didn't know exactly what was going on. But the 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 technology and the story and the interactive element of it was yeah. incredibly cool. It was cool. So hopefully we'll see it. Uh, I want so anything else park related wise before I sort of move out of the theme parks domestically, internationally. I thought we were already on cruise ships and stuff. So. We were, but so because I want to move some from the the park and cruise ship experience because I do want to touch on. The movies, because I think uh, I think the movies are as much of an element, especially now more than ever, as, as much as they are coming into um, the parks. Uh, I, I, for one, was sad to see a, a galaxy without a guardian uh, because of the whole James Gunn incident. 
Um, is that you know, solved? Yeah, he would. They fired him. Yeah, they, no, but it's still a stalemate as far as the next movies. Right now, the movies it's on hold. And unfortunately, what happened was a lot of the pre-production crew got let go. I mean, there was there was a huge fallout for that, not just for us as fans and for the actors, but there was a lot of people already working on that film that lost their jobs um, because of it. And I don't want to get into a, a debate about. You know the tweets or or how long ago they were. I mean, kids valuable lesson to be learned. Anything you post on social will stay with you literally forever, and it doesn't matter if you're James Gunn in the midst of a multi-billion-dollar franchise. They will let you go po- without even thinking about it. I mean, it, you know that that was a decision that happened, um, you know, very very quickly. So he's left. He's moved on to in my opinion, not so greener pastures at another studio. But it'll be interesting to see what happens with the uh, the third Guardians film. That mm. being the case, as we look back to um, some of what happened, the studios, again, just dominate mm-hmm. the box office. Um, I'm going to quickly go through the releases from 2018, Wrinkle in Time, a little film, a little indie film called Infinity War, Solo, A Star Wars Story, Incredibles 2, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Christopher, Christopher Tears, Robin, Nutcracker in the Four Realms, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Mary Poppins Returns, um, Black Panther. Um, it was, you know, hit after hit after hit after hit. Um, thoughts on any of the films, the studios as a whole, favorite film from 2018? They're knocking it out of the park. Incredibles 2 was, I thought, was fantastic. I sat through it three times without issue. Uh, I loved all of them. I think uh, I didn't see Nutcracker. There was nothing in the trailer that like like yelled at me to go see it. I thought Mary Poppins Returns was fabulous. So I haven't seen Mary Poppins Returns yet. I'm excited to see that hopefully this weekend. Um, but we can talk all day about Infinity War. Obviously, oh, yeah. um, I mean that was that was you know that was the giant standout but Christopher Robin I loved Christopher Robin I just that movie spoke to me on so many levels I thought it was so beautifully done um so I mean setting Infinity War aside my my personal favorite and standout was Christopher Robin I didn't get to see that one yet or Mary Poppins Returns sorry some of us are working here oh, FYI <laughs> For me, I, I saw Solo, I saw Incredibles yeah. 2. I loved Ant-Man and the Wasp. I, I think that that was cool because it's, it's um, tying together the storyline that we're getting from Infinity War to that into when we're going into the, the last chapter. But for me, because I was so engrossed in it, it was Infinity War because I've been waiting for that. I've been anticipating that. I've loved all these characters since the comic book, so I knew what happened in Infinity War from the comic book side. And then to see it play out in a different way on screen, and when the snap occurred, all of a sudden I have theories going through my head of what's going on. Some people are... are some people like sitting there with tissues and crying. I'm not crying. I'm like going, this is cool because this is how he's going to come back. So I, I'm really excited about um, what's coming for 19 on that. But Infinity War was definitely the movie for me for 18. Yeah, I mean, obviously Infinity War set and broke, you know, domestic and international box office records, um, not just in terms of in, in Disney history, but, you know, movie history. Um, Black Panther, one of the top I think it's the third highest grossing yeah. film of all time. A, truly a, a phenomenon in terms of a, an introduction for a lot of people into the comic book movie genre. Um, the, the crowds were not only 
bigger and enthusiastic, but you know, kids and adults were were coming in costume and and going to the theaters as an observer of the guests and the way they were responding to the film was as interesting as the film was um, itself. I listen. I loved Christopher Robin. Was it a a box office, you know? Uh, explosion? No, but I don't think it ne- needed to be. Not every same thing with Ant Man and the Wasp. Ant Man and the Wasp was a good, you know, emotional palate cleanser after yes. after the ending of Infinity War. It didn't need to be this grand, you know, epic battle um, type of film, which is one of the reasons why I loved it so much. Um, Incredibles two, uh, again, a huge surprise. And Mary Poppins was the surprise for me. Um, I went in, and I've said this the other night on the live show. I did a full review on the Wednesday night, which you can find the video on Facebook. But I went in very hesitant, very cautious, very suspect of the concept of Mary Poppins Returns, and I was I was very very pleasantly surprised. And, and I look forward to taking my kids to go see it to to you know get their reaction from it as well. What do you want? Oh, I was just going to say on on Marvel. Going back to that really quickly with the Ant Man and the Wasp, I very much admire the way that they have taken this entire story arc and how things tie into each other. And one of the reasons why I was so uh, enthralled with Ant Man and the Wasp was that now you see what those characters were doing while all this other stuff was going on. Because you kind of through these because you don't know who's going to show up at any given time. You're thinking, where the heck was he this entire time? It answered those questions, which keeps you. Um, focused on and having to see whatever's coming next. And uh, they just do a fantastic job of weaving it together on different story arcs. And, yeah. And also, I mean, I, when Infinity War ended, especially the first time I watched it when I was at my angriest, um, <laughs> I was like, and now we're supposed to go watch Paul Rudd play Ant-Man? Like, how is that even going to, like, how are we going to sit through that? But no, it, it was. I mean, the emotional palate cleanser is the perfect way to describe it. I mean, I think there were enough months in between that we kind of had a moment to collect ourselves and watch the movie again and sort of realize what it was and what it wasn't. And, um, and yeah, no, I, I, I loved that they didn't try to make it something else. Like, it was still Ant-Man. It was still Paul Rudd. It was still lighthearted and, and fun. Um, and then, of course, you know, in the end, you kind of see how it all fits together, which was, you know, pretty much what we were guessing was going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I, I loved how Ant-Man was done, that it didn't try to be something that, that it wasn't, but it was still, you know, playing into the arc that they're creating for all of us. And I have to mention, it is not a, a Disney film per se. It, it's it's Sony from the same company that somehow brought you the Emoji Movie brings you <laughs> Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I am taking my glasses off. It is not just one of the best films of 20... Not forget animated films. It's one of the best films of 2018. Really? It is, without a doubt, one of the best comic book movie adaptations. And I think the only true comic book movie, because when you watch... That film, if you are, a, if, especially on the early days of comic books, when you watch it, the way it is animated looks like they took pages of a comic book and animated it on the screen. You see the little Ben Ray dots, you see the overlap of the blues and the reds that would sort of bleed over from the early printing. It's incredible. It speaks to a new generation. It It's fun. It's funny. What? Every part of that movie, I just love. You sold me. I got to go see it. You how you do, and I and I know, like you know, I'm little Spider Boy in his underoos, but I think you don't even need to be a Spider Man fan to appreciate it. I think the voice acting, I think Chris Pine and uh, Jake Johnson and um, 
Nicholas Cage wore phenomenal. I know, like you're John Mulaney. Yeah. John Mulaney is one of my favorite comedians of all time, and he plays the pig, the spider pig, spider ham character. <laughs> um, he's yeah, I, I love I, I love him. Um, but no, but I, take if you have kids, if you have kids who have started to wet their feet in the comic book universe with all of the you know live action style movies, take them to this movie because I have never enjoyed watching my kids watch a movie as much as I enjoyed watching them watch Spider Verse. I mean, they were so into it that we kept having to go shh because they were like what's happening what's he doing and they were laughing so hard like it was true animation like like you don't get now with the you know with the you know the superhero stuff since you know so much of it is sort of a more adult level I mean they like all of the the other Marvel movies that have been coming out but watching them watch into the Spider-Verse was just so much fun and I think it's a great introduction to Comic books too. So, and I only say this to so I brought all the kids comic books to, and I gave out to all the kids. It was eight of us, seven kids, and I gave them all a comic book because I wanted that, even if it was just for one of them, for that to be the jumping off point to go from the movies to to comics, which maybe they hadn't read earlier. I think that's a it's a great bridge, but I think it's beautiful. I loved the music. I loved every single part of it and I know it's not a Disney thing and I don't care because Spidey and Stanley and Marvel yeah, eleven. I, I, it's turned up to 11 cool. I'm going to go see it again and Maddox drove home with his face buried in that Spider-Man comic book that you had given him like oh, it was it yeah it go. worked It was, it, but it was it was like seeing them enjoy what they've been getting doses of in all of these live action movies just in a different way and it does it ties into all the Disney it's just it's, it was fantastic and I think, you know, sort of wrapping that all up in a bow, and I know it's not complete as yet, but but the, you know, the big elephant in the room is still is the, the, the Fox and Disney uh, agreeing to the deal. We've talked about it on the show um, at length in terms of what this is going to mean, not just for the movies and the theme parks. Obviously, Disney um, announced details of their Disney Plus streaming service. We've seen a lot of the Marvel characters being taken off of Netflix so you can sort of see the worm starting to turn in terms of where content is going to go. We have to assume that this deal is probably going to close within the next three to six months and I have a feeling that plans are already you know underway for preparing uh, for when that happens and you know when you start to have access to Avatar and the Simpsons and the X-Men and the entire you know, other litany of, of Marvel characters, I start to, my mind is already wondering, who are they going to cast? And so this is almost a question for you guys can think about it on the spot, or you who are listening, who would you cast for the roles of the Fantastic Four? Who would you cast for the X-Men? Who would you cast as, look, Charlie Cox was great on Netflix on uh, for, as Daredevil, but, you know, who could potentially be the new Daredevil who will be the kingpin? I know I'm getting way comic book nerdy, but um, <laughs> as we start to talk about the movies and think about the movies, um, those are some of the things that I, I think about. So 2019 is going to be a very interesting year as we start to address it. Um, I do want to quickly go through some of the WDW radio slash personal things that happened uh, in probably very bad chronological order. Um, <laughs> I celebrated 13 years, and I say I, we, Celebrated 13 years podcasting. Um, if you would have told me in the spring of 2005 that I would still... 2005 was a long time ago um, that I would still be doing this. I, I would have told you that, that you were um, 
crazy because um, this was the whole podcast thing was a very much uh, a leap of faith. But um, February marked 13 years of, of doing it in, in one form or another. Thank you for the gift of allowing me to do that. Uh, wait, before we get to that, I hate to go to the running stuff, but we have to marathon weekend um, in January. Yes, we survived another year of marathon weekend. More importantly, oh, they can leave that door open. That was such a nice blast of cool air. Um, We're saying that at the end of December, by the way. Um, One of the things that is about marathon weekend for me is it's about the cheering and the sweaty hugs and the laughter and all that kind of stuff like that. But the meat of the month which is actually where the meat of the month began, was uh, 11 years ago, over Marathon Weekend, we once again got to meet our Make-A-Wish family. That's what all this other stuff is about. Like, it's the good that we're able to do for others. And being able to meet that family and give them gifts and hear their reactions and, and their stories is far and away, um, other than Into the Spider-Verse, the most rewarding part of, of everything that we do. Um, congratulations to all of you who ran, walked, cheered, 5, 10, half K, dopey, whatever it might be, and I just realized that Marathon Weekend's just like a week and a half away. Um, remember all those things that we said we were going to do last year? Yes. That we were going to all remember? Yes. Do you still have the list? Somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere yes. I do. We have days. We have days. Um, we got to sample a, sort of a, a quick one-day Star Wars day at sea, and I, and I thought about that because as I was going through my calendar. I remembered how good the food was. They did like a little um, a one-day sort of press visit on the cruise. And I'm like, I need to go back just because they had this eggplant thing that was so delicious for Star Wars Day at Sea. Princess Weekend was in February. Um, one of my favorite non-Disney-related events of the year is, is a conference called Social Media Marketing World, which was in March, which I'll go back to. I'll be speaking for my seventh time, sixth time, San Diego. So nice. Um, I got to see Infinity War out in California. I rode the elevator with, uh, please, Tom Holland and Oi. Um, uh, we had the Momentum Retreat in June, which was, um, don't say it was fun. It was a very intense educational experience with a little bit of fun right. sprinkled on the side, right? <laughs> Lisa was there for So It was very very work focused and intense. No, it was. It was. Fen- it was. Fen- it was a phenomenal weekend. It was like such a great group of people. If you ever want to do anything like that, Lou draws the most amazing folks to him, and that's who you get to spend your weekend with, like creating what you want to be doing. So it's yeah. It's. I mean, we we kid. I mean, it, it is fun, but it's it it was very productive as well. And we're working on uh, a date for this summer as well. Speaking of summer. Um, I mean, I think far and away, as I look at the list, the highlight of my 2018 was the Alaska cruise um, in June. It's the second time that we have done it. um, Thanks to our friends over at MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. But it literally was practically perfect in every single way. From the itinerary to the people to the weather. Like, it was, you know, we've done it a couple times as much as I love the first one, everything about this that, that cruise was ideal. Yeah, on this one we definitely had the weather gods in our in our court because we got to see some amazing beauty. And obviously when you're in Alaska, there is so much to see and so much to do or so much not to do if you just want to sit on your balcony and take in the beauty of the, the area. I have a feeling that that's not going to be our last Alaska cruise because it 
is still and always has been my favorite itinerary of any of the itineraries I've ever done. And it's it's even more magical when you have a group of people who you know and you travel t- together. Um, some of the events that we have had on board were a lot of fun. The games that we played were a lot of fun, even though there were no rules because, you know, Lou can't make up a rule and stick to it to save his life. Um, <laughs> I know he's saying bad things about me right now, but it it really was a great experience with all of us. And the thing that keeps coming back to mind, if I was going to have that experience, Tiana's place. Mm -hmm. The very first night when we all were got together and everybody got to see Tiana's place for the first time for those who hadn't been on board, that was really a cool kickoff to the entire the entire trip. And I think you, you mentioned about you know going on with friends. Even going on with people that you don't know, how quickly you make friends, and you could probably speak to that more. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if we ever do it again, we'll most definitely be there. It was a trip of a lifetime for me, too, in 2018. Like, it was the standout, you know, week. It was incredible. But it's funny, like, you talk about doing it again. I don't, like, I, I feel like a, I felt like a broken record, <clears throat> excuse me, on the, on the ship, because I kept saying, like, I want to do this again, but I'm almost afraid to do it again because it was so perfect. Like from, like you said, from the itinerary to the perfect, perfect weather to the incredible group of people that we were sailing with, you know, it was the wonder, which is just sort of an intimate ship experience. Just everything about that trip was so perfect that I'm the first one that's going to be signing up if we do it again. But at the same time, like it'll be like almost nervously because like you, I just feel like you could never replicate the perfection of that week. Um, and for me, like Tiana's was, is for you, for me, it's animators palette. Like, especially the first, the first time that we saw that gorgeous, you know, display sort of play out at the end of the night. And, um, the interactive portion of that, the last night with the drawings with the kids, like, just everything about that trip. It was definitely like my standout week of 2018. Cruising is definitely better when you do it with friends. Yep. You've got to come next time. You're missing Alaska. You have a possibility of getting me. I want to go. It's a long flight. There's some sedatives I could take and get on that. But even the, tra- I mean, like every, like, you know, we flew into Seattle and then we took yeah. the train. Like I could have gone home. Right. I was like, that was just so nice and so much fun. And again, it's a testament not just to you but to the community like such a nice group of people like it is it's like traveling with family without the arguments it it is because when you get to the family you know after a while family like all right three four days you've had enough (laughs) but you know some of my best memories of that cruise were having a chance to just sit down with people up on there was one person whose name i won't mention you know I, i Yes, I was getting pizza at like 12 o'clock at night, and he was sitting up there, and we just sat there for like an hour and just chatted and, you know, listened to the water and the people running around, and it was wonderful, and that's one of the things that, that I loved and appreciated about that, mm-hmm. and Cabanas, oh, and, and then, Tiana's. One of the things uh, I'm not done, and oh. Paolo brunch, and <laughs> Paolo dinner. <laughs> one of the things that's amazing about cruising with a group that... that Maybe you don't know everybody in, or you haven't met people in the community. If you come along with us, you're already with us. You're already a friend. You're already a piece of the family. And you might have your husband might or your wife may not like to do some of the excursions that are offered. There's somebody else in the group that will go. So you're not, you know, not going to experience something just because someone in your family doesn't really want to do that. That happens with my husband and I. He likes to do the zip lining and the crazy stuff and the train. I'm not that, which... I really, I 
sorry, that whole heights thing, possible earthquakes, it scares me. Anyway, so, <laughs> look at that face. Hey, he was talking about he can't fly. I can't too train. Anyway, so it's really cool though because we do have a couple of different um, excursion experiences that people can choose from, and we all go together so we can have this experience together as friends. Yeah, it's it, it is, um, and I think it's why I enjoy doing it so much is not just because of where we go, but who you do it with. Yeah. Um, it really does make all the difference. Um, speaking of who we do it with, July we were able to go out and experience Pixar Pier yeah. together. Didn't kill each other I again after we high five up top. Woo! There you go. Um, <laughs> I China, I only mentioned this just because if you haven't been here, I think you should. I was able to spend as a surprise my birthday in Vero Beach with my family. And if you have you been to Vero Beach, I have not. I deal. Have you been to Vero Beach? I been. We need to do a group event in Vero Vero yeah, we, Beach. I mean, forget what I just said. <laughs> but we're going to do a group of interview. It is such a nice escape and getaway. Yes. Uh, it's like Alani. It's the Disney experience without it being the theme park crazy. Right. It's it's not. Yeah. Um, it's wonderful and relaxing, and the beach is beautiful, and the food's delicious too. Um, Let's see, August, um, I traveled a lot this summer speaking. I went out and uh, went and spoke at the Indie Disney Meet, which was an amazing. It's incredible what the fan community is able to pull together to gather people from the... Uh, where It's as far away from a theme park as you could be. They were able to pull six, seven hundred people in from the Midwest. And again, a really good group of people come. I think good people attract good people, and that's what they do out there. Um, I spoke the day after, which was not necessarily the smartest idea, but I spoke the day after in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, home of Rolling Rock, Mr. Rogers. Do you people not pay attention to anything that I do? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, I spoke out there, and again, I, and I only say this to thank so many people that came out. We A grilled cheese place opened up for us on a that Sunday. So they made a fun. Becky sandwich. Yeah. They made a Mangello sandwich. That was awesome. And, you know, 50 people drove... Some people drove like six hours to be out there. And again, that's a testament to the community. We had Momentum, the third year of Momentum, uh, October. Speaking of Dan Crockle, was our, our keynote speaker uh, this year. I turned right around for Momentum. Um, I didn't even bother unpacking my bag because we went out to our Adventures by Disney backstage magic right after. And, you know, we talked about it. We did an entire show about the experience and some of the things we saw, some of the special things that we did and, and why doing these things together makes them better especially when it's it's the community doing it together but it is some of those special touches that we wouldn't have gotten to do otherwise going into Walt's office spending that time in there was one of those you know um, hallmark checkbox experiences yeah and I just want to also kind of reiterate that that particular itinerary was special to us we, we did a buyout and we created that itinerary. So it's not something that you're going to get if you just go to ABD Direct, which is why we say, you know, it's a really good idea to watch out for the itineraries that we do together because there's always some element that you're not going to get on the Adventures by Disney that you're doing direct with them. So I think after the backstage magic, um, still one of my favorite, still overlooked events in Walt Disney World is right down the road, the Swan and Dolphin Food and Wine Classic. It is two days of food and fun and fun and food and food. This was your first time yes. doing it? So much food. Yeah, we had such a good time. Um, 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's a lot of food. Like, it's a lot of food. Don't say it like it's a bad thing, because it's no, all it's, included with your wristband. It, it is all included. I mean, all the, like, beer and wine and, like, good, like, really good food. Like, Blue's who has a table. And, like, like it's... it's Without like, the lines and craziness of, of the Food and Wine Festival at... Well, have you ever done this before? Which one? Food and Wine Classic? No. What's wrong with you? It's There's a stretchy not. pants weekend. You've never done it either, have you? Once with you, you didn't but invite was, me again. <laughs> and they have fried Oreos. And they have fried Oreos. <laughs> your husband, your husband had about Oreos? thirty-three fried. Oh, but they have theme. They have a, a Chinatown section, a carnival section, um, that the the champagne bubbles lounge. Becky, there's a lot of things to drink there, so you're don't okay, you worry. The, You'll be, be on the you're fine. We'll add it to the list. You're invited this year. Oh, Here you thank go. You. Anything I do, for the most part, you're invited this year. So you've heard the blanket invitation, and then finally was Destination D celebrating uh, Mickey's 90th. I'm sure we missed things. Oh. I'm sure there was a lot of what? Yes, the e-ticket event. Oh, hello. Oh my God, the e-ticket event. <laughs> <laughs> This is why you have me around, isn't it? <laughs> yes, this is exactly why I have. How did I forget about the e-ticket event? I do event? not know why, but you are, you're like four shades of red right now. Yes, you forgot about the e-ticket event, which is something the only time besides Alaska Cruise that we've ever repeated an event because it was that good. And it was it was repeated, but not the same. Yeah, we, there were added elements and new stuff. So yeah, yeah. so I, forgive me, I completely forgot. So the e-ticket event weekend was the Twilight at the Tower event where we. After the park closes, we rent out the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror for... Well, this is something we knew we did this year was we had um, somebody from Imagineering come to speak to us at a venue. Uh, I could say who it was because he... So yeah. Stephen Vagnini, you know him from D23 and so many of the other events. Fantastic came again, Seeing a lot of stuff that we've never seen before in terms of concept art and stories about the tower. Then we had dinner and dessert at the tower. There was a, uh, a special... Character that was there to greet us that you will never see any other time. We got to go into the lobby. The stanchions came down. Photos galore. Cats and dogs <laughs> living together. It was pandemonium. And then we got to we got to ride, and it was just phenomenal. Uh, and then the following day, we did the quest. So, <laughs> so I did my first Disneyland quest during D twenty three Expo last year. Um, we loved it so much we did it again. It was five hours of 450 questions taking you through Disney's Hollywood Studios. She's getting angry again. Say, how much did you hate him? No, I think it was four and a half hours and 425 questions in the lobby of the Muppet Vision 3D. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was fun. It was fun. We had a lot of fun. It wasn't hot or anything. <laughs> we didn't argue. It wasn't hot or anything. <laughs> you want to test the limits of your friendship, come and do a quest. But did you have fun and did you learn anything? The answer's got to be yes, please. We had fun and we, yeah, we learned. And it's, it was cool because, like, when you announced it initially, obviously you didn't say what park it was going to be. And everybody was like, well, it can't be Hollywood Studios because there's not enough there. Well, there's enough there. <laughs> there's, I mean, it's, it just, it does. It kind of forces you into enjoying, like, the details. Like, I would like to, I mean, obviously you're running from place to place because you're competing against other teams and it's a limited amount of time. But it would be fun to just, like, go with the question packet like for the day you know and just sort of relax like go through and see but that's why I do monthly quests I'm, this is it's going to sound like a plug because it is no, but so as part of <laughs> WWE Nation I send out a quest every month 
to a different land or a resort or a part of the park exactly for you to do that. And if you've been a member of the nation since February 2005, you got a you know you got a few questions in there. You probably have. No, I mean it's definitely, but like an, an event like that, especially you just. I mean, I I love delving into the details of Disney and the extent to which everything speaks, but like it just sort of forces you to view it on like the next level of like just just how much there is. Like it's it's pretty cool. They hated me so much by the end of that day. I, that, was a, that seemed like a lot of questions, and I can see the hate. Yeah. I can see it. One of the things that was really fun, though, was watching the speculation the night before. When, when we did uh, the meetups, and we were seeing people, and they were speculating that it was going to be Magic Kingdom, and talking about where it could be, and what they were going to do, and uh, and that they had studied People had studied. Are they really? <laughs> Stop reminding her. The look of death. <laughs> that I got from her when she got the email in my presence. Oh, we were yeah. all were. I don't I'm know where we were. You didn't we give were, it up to her. And tell oh, her. No, I didn't give it to anybody. Oh, yeah. I there was, this was kept secret. There was there only was no there's only a couple of us that knew, and it was yep. It was. <laughs> that's a great note to end 2018 on. <laughs> you know, right I there. forgot how much I hated you that day, Lou Mangello. <laughs> but and that's you know that's why it was meant to be a challenge and meant to be fun and hopefully look. Yeah, let's you know, the fun on her face. <laughs> but that and this and the show and everything that we do throughout all these years is meant to do that. It's meant for you to enjoy and appreciate the parks and the crews and the resorts in ways that maybe you hadn't been hadn't done before. Maybe experience things that you didn't know about before. Hit some of those nooks and crannies or buffets that maybe you hadn't had done before. And that's what I hope to do, you know, as God willing, you know, we continue in 2019. But if I asked you to sort of look back and just tell me, you know, what, what as you look back on 2018, um, you know, we talked a little bit about some of your favorite memories. But what do you think was the most impactful addition or loss or change or announcement or movie or whatever it was from the year in sort of this entire Disney connected universe? So, I mean, after hours galore, and I ran my first dopey, and I said Alaska was, you know, my standout week of the year, but I'm going to be a little bit selfish and do something personal instead. I mean, for me, this was the year that we really became locals. You know, I we moved down in August of 2017, and, you know, I'd run to the window to watch the fireworks and run to the parks and do all those things. And, and we still do enjoy all of those things, but I think this was just sort of the year that we settled into the quiet of being you know, a local family here and, you know, not necessarily needing to watch the fireworks from the house every night, but, you know, just the experience of this place has become very different to us um, over the course of 2018. And to me, like, it wasn't a specific event or movie or ride or, you know, event or trip that, that impacted us as much as a family as just being quietly in this place for the first time. You know, you reminded me, we did the, the Moving to Disney show. That was a show literally, you know, a decade in the making, far and away. It's not even close in terms of a show that has had, at least in terms of the, the return and what I hear from people, an impact. has been, Actually, on the way in here, walking um, through the parking lot, I met a family that is from New York. This is their, they said this is their last trip to Walt Disney World. Because of that show, it gave them the courage to sell their house. They're building a house right now not far from where we all live. Um, and, you know, sometimes people needed to hear what it's like and what that experience was like. So I, I maybe and I'll, I didn't mean to sort of jump in, but in terms of shows, that was probably one of the most 
in terms of, of the, the happiness that it gives me in terms of having a positive impact, I think that's the show that, that did it. Yeah, I can't even begin to say like how many people, even to me, like who have reached out after that show and you know sort of asked me for tips and advice and just expressed that like hearing people who have actually done it and made it a reality because I think for so many people, myself included at one point in my life, it's just this pipe dream that just seems like it could never be and, you know, in recording that show, I think people have expressed to me that, you know, seeing that people actually have made it a reality sort of made it possible in their minds as well. I think when somebody says, what's new, you know, what for 2018, I can't help but think of Slinky Dog Dash. And I know it might be, you know, cliche, but it is the type of thing that gives you a nice little adrenaline rush and you can experience the fun with just about anybody on that ride. So that is my big addition fun thing. I think that just about anybody is the most important takeaway of that part because, you know, it goes back to what Walt's idea of what Disneyland was supposed to be. It was a place that families have fun together. Your little kids, your grandmother can all, and not just tolerate, but enjoy that ride together. Yeah, I agree. And the excitement level still isn't kept to a point of being dull. It still is a fun ride. And then you walk right over to Woody's Lunchbox and you get something to eat. Exactly. All right, Becky, I've given you time to think and reflect and gather your thoughts. Let's see, besides the personal record of being gone for 36 straight days and not seeing my house, that was probably a good one. Um, You know... I think the highlight is was in two two places, and because how I my work pattern is different, where I am working on things in 2018 that I know we're going to do or release or announce in 2019. I'm very excited about some of the stuff that I've been working on the past four months, but like backstage magic for me. Um, I was able to do something that I haven't ever been able to do before, which when you've been working with Disney as long as I have, there's not a lot that's left out there. That's that's the thing that just puts that chill up your spine. And knowing how long we worked on putting that itinerary together and how special it was, um, how unique it was for an Adventures by Disney, um, I think that... Again, I have to come back to Walt's office because it all brought it full circle to me. Because when I fell in love with Disney was on, you know, Uncle Walt on TV, and uh, and to actually be there and where he stood and where he sat and where he worked and where he created um, was the highlight, I would say. But the rest of the time, I I did the. Um, uh, the Adventures by Disney River Cruise, which is an interesting thing to, to discuss uh, for someday in the future. Um, but I, I had a lot of great, unique experiences uh, on Disney property, on the cruise lines. But knowing the meetings that I've been in this year to work on things that are coming, I think that's actually a huge highlight for me, too. So I didn't know what my answer was going to be before I asked the question. And... As it was bouncing around in my mind, I thought of Alaska, I thought of events, I thought of different things that happened personally, both in the Disney space and out of the Disney space. And for me, and I'm not sure if this is going to be articulated correctly because I haven't eaten in like an hour, but (laughs) what I get is from what I give, and it's the reason why I I do this show and I do what I do is because I want to give people uh, a, a... a positive thing to look forward to every week-ish. Um, I want to give them a positive experience when they come here and when I get the, the privilege and the blessing and the joy of 
hearing from somebody, whether it's a tweet, a messenger, an email. There's nothing better than the handshake and a hug and, and seeing somebody face to face and hearing how something that you did made them happy, made them smile, changed their life in a positive way. Um, because the stories are personal, I'll keep them personal, but I had many of those moments this year. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I answer every email personally, albeit sometimes a little late. It's because I do, because I, I want to read them all. And because if you're going to take the time to email me, you better believe I'm going to give you the courtesy of a response. And, and it's important to me that I know how what I do hopefully helps you and makes you a little bit happy. So that continues to be the greatest blessing and the reward. So there is no individual, single, quantifiable moment. It, it is all those moments um, that have been built by you, and I'm talking to you individually, um, who, whether we've met yet or not, are a member of this community and this family. And I sincerely appreciate you every single day and thank you for the gift of letting me do what I do. Um, 2018 has been the best year yet. I only look forward to seeing what 2019 has in store, not just for me and for you and for WW Radio, but also Lisa DiNardo Glassner at thecastlerun.com. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. And John Takeri, the at the he is the big fat panda at bigfatpanda.com. Thank you very much. By the way, just to add to what you said, I thought the question was like attractions at Disney. You got into this existential love and heart and stuff. So so um, I'm going with exactly what you said. So I'm taking my answer back and I'm copying what Lou said. Thank you. <laughs> and Becky Mankin. My not just my more than decade long sponsor, but friend. Twelve years now. Right. Can you believe it? It's no. going to be twelve years, and we haven't killed each other. Woohoo! But so I guess we should. Twenty nineteen's in how many days from now? Stop! I'm not quite ready. Yet. I, well, we should probably work out our agreement for next year <laughs> pretty soon because of all the stuff we have planned and coming up, which I'm so excited for, and we get to spend a lot of time together in 2019. You know, we were having a nice day, and you had to go there. Um, but I want to thank all of you around the table. I want to thank you, the listener who is sitting at this table on this beautiful December afternoon on the boardwalk with us. I want to know from you, what was your favorite, most important, most impactful, most fun or memorable moment of 2018? You can go to www.radio.com slash community. That'll take you to our Box People group on Facebook. Come by, join, introduce yourself, and share your memories there. Also, don't forget to like the page. You can also call the voicemail and tell me crying is even better. It's podcast called 407-900-9391. And uh, I look forward to uh, continuing our adventures together in 2019. Let's eat. Hashtag stay Time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history, or I want to see how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes in what you see, or hear, or eat, and taste, and if you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Of course, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. 
So last week I shared some interviews and conversations with some of the songwriters and director of Mary Poppins Returns, which if you haven't seen it yet, you need to go see it and go tune in to last week's live show on Facebook. You can watch the replay video where I not only share my complete review, but have a conversation with other listeners about it as well. But anyway, I wanted to talk about Mary Poppins in Walt Disney World. And I asked you, in which Walt Disney World resort could you find a fountain and bronze statues of characters, I made this really easy for you, from the original film? Once again, thanks to the hundreds of you who answered, got this one correct, I guess Mary Poppins Returns fever is sweeping the nation, well, uh, the planet. Anyway, the answer obviously was the Grand Floridian Villas. You can find statues of the penguins in the lobby. It's beautiful in there. It opened around October 2013. And again, last week, you weren't just playing for all of my digital products, which include my 102 Ways to Save Money for that Walt Disney World book, all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, one of the new vinyl stickers for your car or laptop, a pop socket for your phone, but I'm also going to send you a set of brand new limited edition Mary Poppins ornaments, a backpack, which I received at the press conference, and I'm also going to send you a signed, hand-signed photo of Richard Sherman, and it's signed, obviously, by Richard Sherman, who obviously not just crafted the music for the original film, but also helped consult on Mary Poppins Returns as well. So last week's winner, randomly selected, is Rebecca Lonsky, or Lonsk, L-O-N-S-K-E. Thank you, Rebecca. Congratulations. I'm also going to send you a WW Radio t-shirt just because in the spirit of the seasons and all the Mary Poppins goodness. So I have your shipping information because you use the online form. I'll get that out to you right away. But if you played last week and didn't win, that's okay. Because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So this week's show is all about looking back and reflecting. And speaking of which, Kungaloosh was a popular, dare I say, important phrase at the old Adventurers Club in Pleasure Island. May you rest in peace. Now, Kungaloosh is a dessert. So tell me, where can you find the Kungaloosh dessert in Walt Disney World? And obviously order and eat it in Walt Disney World. It's that simple and oh so very delicious. You have until Sunday, January 6th at 11.59 p.m. to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the online form there. Once again, I will send you all the digital products, the vinyl sticker, the pop socket, and just for fun, I will also send you a WW Radio t-shirt as well. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it, not just for this week's show, but for a year of spending and sharing time together here on the podcast and the blog and on social media and at special events. I cannot thank you enough for truly making 2018 one of the most wonderful and happy and fulfilling and rewarding years of my entire life. You don't realize that your presence simply by listening or sharing on social or emailing me or, or coming to a meet of the month, you don't understand how impactful that is for me and how that has played such an important part of making this year so special for me and my immediate family and you, my extended family. I hope you look back and smile on the year that was, but more importantly, 
you begin to grin ear to ear at the year that is ahead. I am so excited for what 2019 is going to hold, and I won't spoil too much, but there are a lot of things that I am thinking about and working on and planning and will be sharing and announcing with you soon. Again, thank you so very much for listening. Thanks to everybody who has been part of not just the community and the family and the box people group, certainly everybody who is a member of the WW Radio Nation. I sincerely, sincerely love and appreciate you and the love and the friendship and the support and the help that you bring to WW Radio to find out more about the nation, how you can be part of it, take part in some of the exclusive rewards every month, special events, some things we're gonna be doing together in 2019 going forward and more importantly, how you can help the Dream Team Project, which benefits the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. You can go to www.radio.com support. And don't forget that if you are new to the show or just haven't checked it out before, please also be part of Things Beyond the podcast itself. Come join our community on Facebook. Go to www.radio.com slash community. That's where I want the conversations, not just about the show, but anything Disney and Marvel and Star Wars related. Come introduce yourself and be part of what we really feel and believe and strive to be a very, very close, fun, friendly, and welcoming community. If you've never joined us every Wednesday night for the past now 11 years, I broadcast live on Facebook at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. You can find it by going to the WW Radio page or WW Radio group on Facebook or just going to WW Radio Live. Be sure to turn on notifications and see first because in addition to going live Wednesdays at 7.30, we'll also go live other times from the parks. I will actually be live the week of January 6th from Marvel Day at Sea, Cruise on the Disney Magic Way, which I am so incredibly excited to share with you. Again, the only way to find out when I'll go live is to turn on notifications. Also check out the WW Radio blog. We are have an amazing team, which I am so grateful for, of incredible writers from every different walk of life. So there's something, whether you are a parent a solo traveler, a kid, a teen, an adult traveler, an expert, a newbie, everything in between. The blog team does an amazing job of sharing so much wonderful content with you. Of course, this show is by, for, about, and with you. That's why community is so very much the heart of WW Radio. So I want to hear from you, right? If you have a comment about this week's show, a question you want me to answer on the air, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com. You can call the voicemail. I want you to be heard on the air. Share your thoughts or your comments. Let me hear that passion in your voice at 407-900-9391. You can connect with me on social. Keep the conversation going there. I am at Lou Mangello on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. Of course, don't forget about the Box People group and the page over on Facebook. I still believe in my little heart, hungry heart of hearts that nothing beats a handshake and the hug. That's now why for 11 years I will continue to do WW Radio Meets of the Month. Our next is going to is going to be where it all began. It's going to be over Marathon Weekend, Saturday, January 12th from 1 to 3 p.m., at the Tomorrowland Terrace in Magic Kingdom. If you subscribe to our free email newsletter and pay attention to what's going on on the Facebook page and group, you'll get notified first about events that are coming up. We still have two, only two spots left for our October trip to Japan. There's still cabins available for our cruise out of New Orleans in February 2020. 
We'll also be announcing some other WW Radio group trips and adventures coming up soon, as well as other events on the road as I travel to speak. If you visit LouMangelo.com, you can find out how we can work together and I can come speak to your business, your conference, or school on everything from entrepreneurship to leadership lessons we can learn from Walt Disney, what your business can learn and implement from the Disney parks, pursuing your passion, new media, a wide variety of topics. Again, go to LouMangelo.com. And if I can work with you individually or in small groups to help you turn what you love into what you do, you can learn more about it there. I'll also be announcing and forming a new weekly mastermind group coming up in the next few weeks, as well as more details about my Momentum Weekend Workshop this September and my Momentum Weekend Retreat in Walt Disney World. Again, you can find everything over at lumangelo.com and send me an email if you have any questions. Thanks, as always. This could not happen not only without you, but without my partner, my sponsor, more importantly, my friend, Becky Menken, and the entire amazing team over at mousefantravel.com. You've heard me say the same thing because the, the belief and the feeling and the messaging is true now more than ever, that if you are planning to go not just to a Disney destination, but anywhere on the planet, I use and trust, and that's why I can recommend more strongly than ever, MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. If you visit them at mousefantravel.com, they will not only help you maximize and save the most amount of money you can on your vacation, but the level of personal service and attention is really what sets them apart. Again, visit them at mousefantravel.com. Then go to Celebrations Press, subscribe to Celebrations Magazine. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, and you've shown that in 2018 more than ever, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Take just a couple of seconds and tweet out that you're listening. Share a link to this or your favorite episode from 2018 with your friends on Facebook or your favorite Facebook group. And if you can, take 30 seconds. That's, that's all it'll take you to rate and review the show over on iTunes. That is one of the, the best ways to help this community grow. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Cookie JD, who says, I enjoyed so much. The past episodes about moving to Walt Disney World are just two of the many that I've listened to way too many times. To admit, thank you so much for even more wonderful hours of enjoyment. I love them all, but my favorites always seem to be the trips, especially with Becky, and when you get your groups of friends together and family to chat. Beard36 says, zippity doo Lewis created the best podcast regarding everything Disney with great topics and guests. You'll not only learn and get great tips, but will for the few for a few minutes escape to your happy place. Ike2025 says, I love your show. I'm 11 years old. Oh, I dig this already. And I'm a Disney enthusiast. Stardom early. That's the way. I love your show. And we're listening for two or three years. P.S. This is Isaac. We met at the Polynesian. I probably Pop Isaac, I remember meeting at the Polynesian. I dig the fact, and this is one of, one of the reasons why I make sure I do the show completely family-friendly because I want families to be able to listen together. I want kids to be able to listen. You've been listening for three years. You're 11. Let me 11, carry one. Since you're eight years old, man, I love and dig and appreciate that and hope to see you again. Dunk Foz from the United Kingdom says... Simple. I'm saying this with an English accent in my head. Simple, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, simply the best Disney podcast around. His enthusiasm is infectious. His knowledge is outstanding. And his guests are always worth a listen. The podcast make my hour drive to work tolerable. Keep doing what you're doing. And James in ATX says Lou is legendary. Wow. I'm not familiar with the history of Disney podcasts, but I'm pretty sure Lou is one of the founding fathers. Lou loves Disney. It's easy to tell. His knowledge of Disney parks and history is never-ending. 
and he's able to discuss various topics for hours. I only wish they were even more frequent. Thanks, Lou. Thank you, James. Dunk, Ike, Beard36, and Cookie JD. If you'd like to rate and review the show, you can go to www.radio.com slash iTunes or just search for WW Radio in iTunes. Finally, most importantly, thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I know I sound like a broken record, but you don't know how much you and the show means to me. And I hope that not only has 2018 been a wonderful year for you, but as you look forward, you are excited about the opportunities and adventures and chance for a fresh start, not just on January 1st, but every single day. And I suggest not worrying about setting unreachable goals or overarching resolutions, but just picking one single word that you will intentionally commit to for the future, something to focus on every day, a compass that'll help direct and define where you want to go and the decisions that you make and how you want to live and who you want to be. My single word for 2019 is to simplify. And that is something that I'm going to do in my home and in my business and my personal choices and in simplifying the amount of material things and space in my head. I'm going to do it through small steps. You've heard me talk about the philosophy of Kaizen, maybe if you've come to Momentum, as well as some bigger positive changes as well. I want to be more productive and purge and shorten and limit and hopefully get smarter and just be a better person. So I invite you to share what your one word that's going to help define you in 2019 is going to be. And if you want to come share it, you can visit facebook.com slash Lumangelo. I posted an image there and would love for you to comment there. And if I had to take that same sort of one word thought process and turn it around, looking back at 2018, it is one of incredible gratitude and it's to you and it's for you. And if there's ever any way that I can repay to you, what you continue to give to me, please, please, please let me know. I love you and I appreciate you, and I sincerely wish you all the best in 2019 and going forward. Have a great week. So until next time, thank you. See ya. Hi, WDW Radio family. It's Shannon the Elf calling from the North Pole. I hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas. I want to thank everyone who participated in the 2018 Ornament Exchange. I hope you all had fun. Please be sure to send your person a thank you email or note to stay on Santa's nice list. I love seeing everybody's posts in the Box People Facebook group. If you're not part of it, go check it out. All right, time for me to take a little vacation. Have a wonderful day and a very happy new year. Bye. Hey, Lou. It's Christine Morrison from Flower Town, PA. It is Wednesday morning, 6.57. Kids just left on the bus. But I was listening to the Mary Poppins review, and um, I have to say that when I first heard that this sequel was coming out, I was kind of like, really? I don't know. Doesn't I was kind of not interested in seeing it. I thought this could never compare to the original. But I have to tell you, I don't know how you do it, but you you have a talent for interviewing and speaking. And after this episode, I'm actually really excited to see it because listening to how much work went into this, how much passion, love, respect for the original, I am very, very excited to see this movie. So uh, you do that. I don't know how, but um, 
You're pretty amazing. So I just wanted to let you know that I do plan on going to see it now, and I hadn't before I listened to your episode. So have a wonderful week, everybody. Merry Christmas. Make somebody smile. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, Lou, it's Kenyon from Rhode Island. We uh, are at Disney World right now. We are the first ones on the first raft to the reopening of Tom Sawyer Island, and it's very nice. I don't notice any changes, but it's very fun to be here. We always bring our picnic lunch here when we come with the family, and it was just fun to be able to be the first ones on the first raft to come and do that. All right, thanks. Take care. Bye. Hello, Lou Mangello. It's Darlene Nagy calling from West Seneca, New York, and I'm calling in with the countdown. 43 days until I'm back in my happy place. And you have, as of tomorrow, 300 days until the Japan trip. Woo-wee! 52 days until the New Orleans sailing. And I know there's a meet of the month coming up during Marathon Weekend. So there's a lot of things all coming together in a very short period of time. So everybody have a wonderful, magical weekend. Love and hugs.